Maybe two. Let me take her. She'll want to see him first. About goddamn time. Lacerated spinal column, cracked sternum, shattered collarbone, perforated liver, one hell of a headache. Don't forget your collapsed lung. Well, let's not forget that. Otherwise, I'm good. They cut you open, your heart stopped. Tetrodotoxin B slows the pulse to one beat a minute. Banner developed it for stress. Didn't work so great for him, but we found a use for it. Why all the secrecy? Why not just tell us? Any attempt on the director's life had to look successful. Can't kill you if you already did. Besides, I wasn't sure who to trust. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and uh, joining me always uh, for these summer sessions is uh, Solbro Ryu. Solbro, say hello. What is up, everybody? And uh, for this episode, we actually have a special guest. Uh, some of you guys may know him from, I guess, the Gundam versus the EX Nation uh, <laughs> fighting tournaments you have, and mm-hmm. some of the. I guess some of the other fighting things that you do, Solbro. I don't know. I don't have the whole list of the of Solbro enter- streaming enterprises in front of me. So <laughs> a whole lot of streams, but yes, uh, my co-host from uh, EX versus the Gundam Nation has joined us finally for this episode. I'd like to uh, introduce to uh, to our listeners, uh, but some of them know him very well. Crestborn, how are you doing today, sir? <laughs> it has finally happened. My master plan has come to fruition. Game of Thrones up in this bitch right now. <laughs> My plan to finally usurp Chris Gronche of his third spot position of the Gundam podcast has finally come true. I have taken his place. I have killed the troll. I have not got this. I am in his house. He's sleeping in the backyard. He's about six pounds of dirt, and I am here on the show. How's it doing? Uh, we're doing great, man. Look at you, man. You, you're working the mic like a like, <laughs> like you're WWE, sir. Thank you. Punk. <laughs> CM Punk. So how long have you been uh, waiting to do that one? About 48 hours. Okay. There you go. That's what's up. <laughs> Chris will rise again. <laughs> Don't you worry. Yeah, we, it would be great if we had like a WWE retort video from Chris. You know, Crestborn. Two brother. Come on, brother. You think you got me down? And what you did that back in uh, podcast land was just awful. You you sabotaged me or sabotaged. Sabotaging. <laughs> we'll have a buried alive match at SummerSlam. <laughs> Sold on a pole match. <laughs> Money in the bank. <laughs> I can't wait. 
So, uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's that's what we have so far. And this is uh, episode 150 of Gundam and MHQ. And this is going to be kind of a scrambling episode because we had some things originally planned. But, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes things uh, happen and we have to uh, move them on to a, another date, another time. So uh, we'll just keep you posted on that. But we were able to kind of scrounge together some things. And uh, we figured out a great way because we haven't done this in a while. And we thought of maybe doing a listener topic centric episode yes we're gonna have two listener submitted topics and uh, gonna be some revisions to them but uh it's nothing too big but we'll get onto that later and the the first uh poster uh, would that would be uh arbiter gundam and the second one is the suspicious red lamp so um yeah so we'll be getting to those two segments and uh sure we'll have good with that as i'm walking over to the uh, studio in the Lori, uh, uh, Lord Larry King Memorial News Studio, getting ready for some Neo's news. And, uh, and, oh, and, while, and, and while he walks over there, I'm going to walk over to the Will McAvoy Edward R. Murrow Memorial News Center <laughs> and stare at him <laughs> from across the room with glares. How, how dare you insult <laughs> Edward R. Murrow by invoking... <laughs> Will McAvoy. <laughs> they were cut from the same cloth. They were born of the same mother. <laughs> the only thing that would make this worse is if you had them joining them as a f- financial newscaster, Dr. Olivia Munn. And, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Glass Siegel, Glass Siegel. <laughs> There's more to finance than the Glass Siegel Act of 19. 19- 1930-whatever, and then the repeal of it in 1999. <laughs> but, uh, yes, mm. I'm now sitting behind the, a real man's news desk, Lord Larry <laughs> King. You are the king! You are the king! A man that's still actually um, doing the news, unlike uh, Will McAvoy and Edward R. Murrow. I mean, Edward R. Murrow's dead as that is a as you know that is disco but you know what what how about that season three of the newsroom hey oh, it's boy. coming it's coming i'm, I'm excited for it i actually like the show i thought it was canceled <laughs> was it yeah I it, thought it was the third canceled. season the third season is the last season yeah oh yeah that, that's what i hear it's like they're actually making it um and uh damn oh, it aaron sorkin is uh, <laughs> aaron sorkin is trying to make it so that it's uh not as okay. uh what's that not as douchey. Uh, yeah, n- <laughs> not as douchey is a good way of putting it. He's uh, he's going to try to be setting. Yes, <laughs> but, uh, maybe maybe actually realistic. Make it less where... less, less of a pulpit. Yes, because because all TV shows have to be extremely realistic. Of <laughs> well, course. it, it would be nice. Extremely it, realistic of the Vietnam War. Well, <laughs> it, it, it would be nice if they had a lot less of uh, somehow that news station always got the scoop on everybody else because somebody within the newsroom magically had a friend that was a, a college. <laughs> made of uh, the person that did this and mm-hmm. i could just call him in a whim and hey remember me from business school yes <laughs> somebody knows somebody in that That's universe what i mean like a little bit more realistic i'm talking like not always winning <laughs> <laughs> not not being the 72 dolphins uh, when it comes to breaking news stories so yes <laughs> we got breaking news stories neil what do you got for us this week oh well thank you for uh, le- letting me do my own segment here. nice <laughs> Great segue. It's <laughs> Christ, yes. <laughs> and doing some Neo's Listener Submitted News. And always you can uh, submit your articles in the Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk Forum. Oh, and the, we got some good news to begin with here. And um, 
Got some news here coming straight from Australia, from one of the evil Australians, Mula Flaga. And uh, wow, so bro, you, you probably like this. Uh, this is coming from, uh, it's actually a, a press release from uh, Viz Media. Oh. It looks like a 30th anniversary commemorative edition uh, box set for Voltron is set for a fall release. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be released uh, on October 28th, and it's going to be about $29.99 uh, U.S., $34.99 in, the, um, in Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be basically Voltron, Defender of the Universe, so that's definitely uh, it's Lion Voltron. So, uh, Solbro, I guess we know what you're asking for Christmas. Hey, I might just actually ask for that, man. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, 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 it, it is a part of my uh, my youth. It's not the greatest mecha series ever made, but um, it was definitely one of the very first series to get me into mecha anime. Uh, of course, that the very next year, but well, that same year that came out, Transformers did too, and then the very next year, Robotech came out, and that pretty much made me a lifelong fan. And then so, years later, Transformers <laughs> was ruined by Michael Bay. Oh, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Michael Bay, you murderer. You you murdered so many childhoods just a few weekends ago. How dare you? <laughs> You're worse than Hitler. <laughs> String him up. <laughs> Galvatron was supposed to be purple, but he was not. He was silver. That's oh. stupid. <laughs> Let's not even go there. Thank you, Mr. Moolah Flaga, for your submission. Next one here comes from uh, M121 Akuma. And he's got just a link here, and I know a lot of people are excited about this. this is a link for the a trailer for the Gundam Kami Rider Ultraman crossover RPG. That's got to be goddamn interesting. Ooh. I mean, wow! I just uh, I, I listen to all that. I'm not not a big Kamen Rider guy, but definitely love some some Ultra Ultraman. Cause oh yeah. What's What's better than guys in uh, rubber suits? I mean, it's you know that that's what it's all about. I, I kind of. I kind of wish as I was watching um, the Godzilla movie this year, I was like kind of, kind of some sighing, lamenting. I'm like, yeah, it would have been kind of cool if if he was actually. It's like he looks cool, but I still miss him. I still miss a short Japanese guy in a rubber suit. <laughs> <laughs> you miss that authentic feel. I miss the practical effects. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that most that mocap is just not good enough. <laughs> no, not at all. Take that, Andy Circus. So. <laughs> I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want a fat CGI Godzilla. I want an actual fat guy in a Godzilla suit. You there know you what go. I mean? I want authenticity yeah. there. Real tall. I think the guy that – the first guy that did Godzilla did it for like 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just, you know, it's contributing to the economy. Man. So, there you go. I mean, so uh, thank you, Mr. Um, – M121 Akuma for your submission, and he comes back with a, a, a link to Crunchyroll, and yes, we've all talked about it. We're, we're waiting for it. They have the first 10 minutes of G-Reco are being premier, uh, previewed Ooh. on uh, Crunchyroll, so yeah, check that out. You know, of course, this is the, well, I was going to say soon to be hit. I don't, I, I only say that really with Sir Bay because pretty much everything he turns, turns to gold, but uh, <laughs> it, I, Hopefully this will be better than Wings of Rian. That's all. That's oh. that's all I'm really looking forward to. Oh my god! 
<laughs> I so hope it's not that bad. Um, I mean, granted, his last Gundam series was awesome, and that being Turn A Gundam, and also uh, King Gander was great. A long time ago, so years ago, man. So he he had one. He fell off. He fell off pretty hard with uh with with Wings of Rian, but during the 2000s, he at least has Turn A and uh and King Gainer to uh to to be referenced. So um, I'm hoping they're on that level. Uh, Turn A was 99. Oh yeah, that's right. I forget. It was yeah. from 99 to 2000. It kind of it leaked into the 2000s, but barely. But uh yeah, but King Gainer definitely last good work, and I hope this is on that level. With there Wings of with Wings of Rian, he didn't fall off. He jumped off. Ooh, <laughs> head first. <laughs> He was, Definitely. he was he was holding on to that uh that nuke like uh like like Slim Pickens and uh oh yeah <laughs> and Doctor Strange <laughs> Tomino man I I love to see that day but uh hopefully he gets his shit together for this one and uh, I'm looking forward to it he's had enough time yes yes he has this has been like six or seven years they said so yeah. but cool so thank you Mr M one twenty one Akuma for your submission oh the next one here comes from uh, EA Net dude. And he's, I shout didn't even to, realize. Shout out, shout out to Elliot, part of the uh, Straight Edge Society. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout outs indeed, because he's got a link here to the Anime News Network, and it talks about, you know, one of our favorite anime companies, Funimation. Oh boy. We all are good old Funimation. <laughs> well, they got the rights to Ghost in the Shell Arise, and they've, they've uh, released the voice cast. And oh. uh, of course, uh, Elizabeth Maxwell would be the major. John Swainsey will be Aramaki. Mary, McGl- Mary Elizabeth McGlynn will be Kritsura. Uh, Christopher Sabat, that's what? Vegeta, isn't it? That's Vegeta and uh, Piccolo. That's Bato, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Bato and He's every Eric- male character in every Funimation anime. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, no, this isn't Funimation. This is Funimation. Funimation, huh? This is their, uh, their off-the-books um, foreign subsidiary. I should be glad to hear the name has changed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I'll just run down the rest of these. I'm sure you guys know him. Eric Vale as Sumigati. Trunk. Uh, Sumugi, yeah. He, yeah. he was Trunks in DBZ. Uh, Alex Oregon as Togusa. Jason Douglas as Paz. Bill Jenkins as Samato. David Wald as Rizo. Jade Saxon as Lagacoma. Uh, Brian Mathis as Mamaro. And Chris Ranger as Ichiban. So, mm. um, yeah. So, yeah, I remember hearing about that's going to be coming out. Uh, during anime uh, anime expo, so that that's definitely going to be some good stuff there. So, thank you, Mister EA Net Dude, mm-hmm. for your submission. Oh wow, this one I'm very surprised about. Oh, and I don't know if Mister Cressborn knows about this. I know Solbro probably heard of, he he knows about it, but I don't think you've ever watched this in its entirety, the show in its entirety. I know Chris is probably. Uh, happy about this but this is coming from mr rodimus 76 uh-huh. this is coming from the den of geek website and it looks like there's going to be a babylon 5 feature film possibly on its way hell yeah oh yeah. my god that thing's long time coming yeah yeah it's saying here it looks like after rumors and speculations and aborted attempts it seems that babylon 5 is finally in the works scheduled for production in 2016 and that's what uh j michael straczynski has said <laughs> <laughs> J. Michael Strusinski. Mm-hmm. Can we fix that? Can we fix that in the post. <laughs> no, you know what I was doing? I was actually I was talking and biting on the the tip of my pen, mm-hmm. and I got kind of like caught. So that's what. <laughs> yeah. 
but the thing is, isn't this guy like really freaking busy? Like, doesn't he write pretty much like a lot of crap? He's a pretty he's a pretty prolific guy, right? So yeah, he's, it would make sense why this would probably take a while, right? Yeah, books, that's, that, that was my thought on that. Yeah, yeah, he's a novelist as well as a comic book writer, and uh, he even made a, a, a brief appearance in uh, Thor in 2001. He was one of the guys that found the hammer and was trying to pull it out of the pit. But if um, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I and I, I'm not going to completely solve bro this mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say within <laughs> uh indisputable evidence or be like an ancient aliens guy right but i think for the babylon 5 tv show i think it's about i think about 100 episodes or so i think he wrote the majority of them and i think that's why it's so good is it i think i believe he wrote most of the episodes like probably more than 85 percent of them yeah I, so I, I think i think he was the showrunner in that yeah. for that series so yeah he definitely uh he, he definitely crafted where that series went um no he wrote the actual episodes well, yeah i'm just saying like he also like yeah. uh, show ran the show so it's like even episodes he didn't write he laid out the plot points for <laughs> so it's, if anything uh he de- he's he's that's definitely his uh his baby when it comes to uh, IPs that he he brought along and, and, and brought the television, that some of the bad news is there's some of the actors have passed away in the rest. Oh, of the yeah. <laughs> so damn. There, there might be some issues with this. And, Man, uh, you know it'd be cool to see uh, Captain Sheridan in the back because no damn Captain Sinclair. African guy. Come on, man. You know you want to see your boy. Such a loser. <laughs> Captain Sinclair. Oh, my God. That guy was such an idiot. So, um, uh, thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. And, and the last one here we got from, uh, God, we started with Mula Flaga. Now we're ending with Mula Flaga. Oh. And this is some very interesting news. And uh, I, 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 think, I think I have a special guest that might help with this. Oh. So uh, just hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to get him. He's kind of tinkering with something over here. You're going to ring he him likes, up? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, he's, 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 he's in the room with me. Oh, he's me. in the he's building? Just, oh, shit. He's, 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 just, he's tinkering with things. Oh, I, Yeah, damn. he likes to tinker with things. So Is he, is he the reason why it smells like bacon and plaid in here? <laughs> I, th- I, uh, thought I thought that was just I, Chris's house, but, I mean, it, it, there's like an no, overwhelming no, actually, smell of, like, Canada in here. <laughs> actually, actually, he's in my house, and... <laughs> Which is twenty five hundred miles away. So <laughs> if you're smelling bacon and plaid, I, I, I think it's uh, I think there's a, a another thing going on here. So uh, I think I think Dennis is leaking. I don't know. <laughs> well, Dennis just smells like um, failure and and Jack uh, Daniels. Vomit. Yeah, Jack Daniels failure and vomit. There you go. So I mean, he's 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 pretty much uh, pretty much a, a thing here. All right, come on. You can- you, you can do it. You can do it. Um, hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> this is coming from uh, StarWarsUnderworld.com. Um, this is really bad news. Uh, I'm saying that uh, Disney is to, is to release the unaltered original trilogy on Blu-ray. And this is like a crime against humanity because, you know... I, the way that I've, the way that they've been released recently is the way I really intended back in 1970, whenever these damn movies came out. So, uh, um, this, the, I, I have a, I have a, I, I'm not for this, but, um, you know, hey, I do got the mouse's money, so F all y'all. <laughs> wow, that was pretty poignant, huh? Yeah. As, uh, as, as Mr. Uh, Sulu, Suklu, 
Suklu. Yeah, or uh, or 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 Lorge Lorge Ugukis. Mm. <laughs> As he was saying here, yes. I, I guess hell has actually frozen over because it's being reported here that Disney, you know, the large mouth is planning to release unaltered theatrical cuts of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. So they're looking to release these on Blu-ray. So that's that's definitely um, uh, going to be fun. This is there's been some. It's been a project going on underway for so, quite some time, but it's been challenging because of some some, some damage to the original negatives that are being utilized. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be in their complete uh, a new hope. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi will be in their complete, unaltered, original forms without the redone special edition FX. So no, uh, no Ring Around the Planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Ring Around the Planet. That's oh. some good stuff, actually. I, I like that. That was some good, good stuff. Damn it. <laughs> so it looks like their goal is to have these ready and released before... Oh, that that soon to be classic Star Wars Episode Seven. JJ, JJ fied. Hey, you know what? Counterattack is released. You, you know what? If Episode Seven, if just looking at the set and everything made Kevin Smith cry like a grown man, openly weep, then there's got to be something good that's going to come out of that movie, other than just another Star Wars movie with a Disney like edge to it. So I mean, mm-hmm. if he's able to, if he's able to get that much of an emotional response from it, then I, I, maybe that first one will be the good one, and the other two will be garbage. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping that at least this first one is something to kind of rejuvenize and, and and give a good start new to the Star. Wars fandom because I mean I'm not a huge Star Wars fan myself I love the world and everything but yeah. God they just they need some loving just a little bit and this is a good start with these DVDs I think well, so. if those rumors are true that we're gonna have uh, flashbacks so I, I guess yeah. uh, Fakuda will be uh, associate director <laughs> on this one um, well you know I, I don't I don't think you'll be getting your wish because unfortunately for whatever reason they're just gonna go back to the well many times but you know what yeah. I could care less because it's Star Wars and who gives a crap about hey, you, you'll be there like the rest of us just like during Transformers I, I will I will be there I will be there like everyone else waiting to just I'm gonna be looking at the crowd going oh <laughs> we had so much hope and it's so gone I, I will I'm with Eric too. I think they're doing a good job. I like the practical effects approach they're taking. I think honestly, with this announcement that before uh, Part Seven comes out, they're going to have a a build up to the release of Part Seven by releasing uh, oh, uh, re re uh, like remastered or not not remastered but re releasing the other in the theaters leading up to that. Because why wouldn't Disney do it? That's a license to print money. Um, I know some people don't think the pre- the prequels are going to get that shot, but it's like there's a whole generation of kids that consider the prequels the superior movies. I don't know who the F they are, <laughs> but I, they're wrong, but uh, they still like those movies. So I think they're going to go from one to six and then there's going to be a marathon because a lot of movie theaters love to do that because it gets them a lot of money be- building up to the uh, release. There's going to be like a one day marathon where you can sit through all six and then be there for seven when uh, when the time rolls around for seven to drop. So well, it's going to be a big event. According to that article, it looks like they're going to it's going to be a challenge for them just to have this stuff mm-hmm. released by then on Blu-ray. So I will see if they do theatric uh, releases. Oh, yeah. So because it sounded like a lot of that stuff was damaged. So it's, it's all right, whatever. No more Star Wars news because we're going to be listening, hearing about this crap for the next twelve months or oh, yeah. however long it's going to be. So get ugh. comfortable. Get comfortable. I, 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 I think that uh, I think the Emperor is actually sending Chris's phone a text message, and all it's saying is "Do it." <laughs> 
can't just can't wait to see the Millennium Falcon be JJ Vine. Uh. <laughs> it already broke uh, Harrison Ford's leg, man. It better be yeah. worth it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Cr- Chris has a really nice phone, man. I might take this when I get out of here. I mean, uh, what? Oh, hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for those submissions, and now for some of the most scariest news ever: oh. Robo Apocalypse news. Holy shit! Solo. Is Neo so robophobic? Yes, and the first one here comes from, I guess this is a new poster, and, and I haven't seen him before, is a called Squirrel Beast. And this is very dangerous. It's dangerous, yet kind of cool, though, in a, in, a, in, a, in a weird way, because this we'll probably use these to fight the robot menace. Some dock workers in South Korea are being able to, are getting some powered exoskeletons, yes. That's what's up. Uh, there, there's a sprawling uh, shipyard in South Korea where they're uh, wearing wearable robotics, uh, li- hefting, lifting uh, large chunks of metal pipes and other objects. And it's at the Daewoo Shipbuilding and Marine Engineering Facility. So, uh, yeah, it's some pretty cool stuff. And you, they got a picture here of one of the guys working it. And basically, it looks like everything we've seen in anime before. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is here. The exoskeleton fits anyone between uh, 160 to 185 centimeters tall. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the conversion factor of that is. There, it's only 25 kilograms, so it's not that heavy. Uh, it's carbon, aluminum, alloy, and steel, and it supports itself, and it's engineered to follow the wearer's um, movements. It's got a three-hour battery life, and it allows them to walk at a normal pace, and in its prototype form, it can lift objects with a mass of up to 30 kilograms. So it can basically lift its own weight. That's... Uh, that's pretty impressive. I guess they say in here the feedback from a lot of workers is positive. It better be because this is how we're going to defeat those robot bastards. So um, <laughs> I'm seeing the picture here from the article, and all I can think of is get away from uh, your beach. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Yo, the Ripley Custom. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much is that, isn't it? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Squirrel Bees, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Kosher Nova. And this is, wow, this kind of hits home because it uh, looks like there's Canadian scientists, you know, as if there weren't any other type of that, scientists. That sounds like an oxymoron to oh, me. No, oh, how dare you? Damn it. They got this, uh, they built this robot called Hitchbot. Oh, Hitchbot. And- yeah, yeah, you mean, uh, yeah. But yeah, that's great. Yo, hosers the both of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's this this robot that's, uh, he's going around Canada hitchhiking, and he's trekking across. He began in Halifax, Nova Scotia on July 27th, and he's been traveling a total uh, of 6,000 kilometers to Victoria, British Columbia, and that's that's the plan at least, and he's going to be doing this by hitchhiking, so... How how long before this thing's just stolen? You know it's going to be stolen. Like some drunk guys are going to be like, oh, hell, look at that thing. And they're going to be like, hey, Hitchbot, go grab me a beer. And I'll be like, I need to get to Victoria. Well, so. Apparently the thing actually knows how to like it gives like small responses back to simple questions. Like if they yeah. ask you, like, what are you doing? It responds back and kind of talks, which is a little bit creepy. But still, that's, it's a cool idea. Yeah. So uh, oh. not necessarily because this is, oh, man, this is, oh, so, so, uh, it's been the unforeseen events during the journey. He can be recovered by integrated GPS and 3G connection. Oh. So basically he's low jacked. So, so. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is some dumbass fraternity is going to jack him. Yeah. <laughs> 
and then they in turn are going to get jacked by the authorities. I yes, wouldn't, I wouldn't endorse this. Hey, and, man. And yes, let's because then you can throw it off. Uh, you know, I remember off the pier. I remember your stories of when you kidnapped Ronald McDonald. So. <laughs> But he was not a robot. He was not a robot. He was a he was a he was a life he was was a life model decoy of Ronald McDonald. And <laughs> and, 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 and no and, and no more about that because statues of limitations may not be uh, passed on that. So thank you, uh, Ms. Castronova, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from oh Jesus. The foul sorceress. Mm-hmm. And this is actually <laughs> I had to laugh at this one. <laughs> I guess a Turkish farmer, as if there weren't any other type, uh, invented a robot to, f- uh, to frighten bears. And I Ooh. wonder if these can be adapted to frighten and be used in Australia to frighten drop bears. Oh, so. oh Lord. Because <laughs> like, it, 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 this is hilarious. It, <laughs> he's got a link to the YouTube video, and it's, oh, oh my God, it's so scary. What? <laughs> says, the robot disguises the Amish fisherman and meets a, emits a loud siren and swings a chain charged with 25,000 volts to deter bears. Yes. <laughs> All we need is this to get hacked in by Skynet, i.e. Google. What? And, uh, the and, robot looks like ZZ Top on crack, man. It what does. the hell? Oh, my God. What the hell is this thing? <laughs> Oh, no, that's pretty pretty nice. So. He, he must be doing his job, man. Is he yelling? Yo, man. <laughs> well, he's got a he's got a siren, so that's what he does. Good stuff. I mean, so so we can fight back with the bear against the bear apocalypse with this guy right here, and then <laughs> and then we can move we can move naturally onto the robo apocalypse afterwards. <laughs> yeah, using using South Korean made exoskeletons. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's. Uh, that's what we're going to do. That's what's <laughs> so up. thank you, Mr. Foul Sorceress, for your submission. Uh, and we're going to be finishing up here with Robo Lizard 222. And he's, oh. got, he's got, of course, his ridiculous robot loving alerting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is just awful here. <laughs> and actually, this first one here comes from uh, ExtremeTech.com. And I, I feel bad that Chris isn't here. Uh, our show. The, headla- the headline <laughs> is, by 2025, sex bots will be commonplace, which is fine as long as we'll all be un- unemployed and bored thanks to robots stealing our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like there's oh, a new report no. out there uh, as opposed to an old one that says robotic sex partners will become commonplace by 2025, and it focuses on how AI robotics will impact both blue and white-collar workers with about 50% of the polled experts stating the robots will displace more human jobs than they create by 2025. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if there's any reason to uh, rebel against the robots, it's that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, um, it's in a report called AI Robotics in the Future of God, Jobs, uh, per, published by Pew Research. They're saying a 66-page monster. That's not a monster report. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry to say. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, Robot sex workers. So, interesting. So, thank you, Mr. Robo Lizard uh, 222. And and the last one here, this just shows you the sick man that you are. Uh, He says, says, since swarms of things are some of the most frightening features of the biological – it would be logical that mechanical kind would also be created to emulate that mini machine swarms. It's awesome. And yes, he has a, a YouTube video showing uh, little small robots swarming people and thousand swarming robots thinks for themselves. Yes, this is exactly what we need. So nice. Nice. So uh, it, it, the uh, the robo apocalypse is going to be mad painful. And 
Matt painful or Matt annoying? Oh my god! The, nothing. Nothing's nothing's more annoying than a, a, a swarm of uh, of bees and stuff like that. And, and, and oh, they're they're cute. They're no, like, no, they're they not. look like they, they look like ding dongs, but with antennas. Yeah, what? Yeah, they're they're, uh, they're they're cute, so they rip off your face. So. Oh, I would I would still love it if they ripped my face off. I'd see that as a pleasure. They're the, so cute. Look the, at them. The face rippers. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be slow and definitely uh, agonizing. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I, I'd be that dumbass from uh, um, uh, uh, Prometheus that's like, oh, you're a cute little thing, and then like bites my face off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the vagina face snake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the vagina face. I look at these little bots like, oh, you guys are cute, and then I lose all my skin. Well, that's a new. That's new. <laughs> Well, thank you, Robo Lizard two two two, for making this another uh, sleepless night with all your re- all your <laughs> uh, propaganda you're showing up there. So, thank you, everyone, for the Robo Apocalypse. And of course, I'm kind of mad because we have no Human Resistance League news to counteract this. But Ooh. it seems like uh, a lot of the population's in love with robots. So we'll see. We'll see who they come to. Um, no. I, bro- I broke uh, Chris's uh, toaster earlier. Does that count? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's it's okay. usually usually it's news about how we have strategies and we're going to counteract the robot menace. Oh, so, okay. yeah, that's breaking stuff is just you're just uh, you're just a bastard because you're <laughs> things that don't belong to you. So thank you everyone for that, and of course that means we're going to end it the way we always end the news with some survey news. Hell yes, Michael Bay, Michael Bay. Oh my God, that's bullshit. What the. And I have to say, we're going to be starting this off. Usually we start this off with a bang, but it's actually, this could be some sad survey news. Uh-oh. Uh, this is coming from Pentazion, and he's got a link here to the, the Verge. And, and, of course, this isn't confirmed, but it sounds very terrible. It says that, I mean, the headline alone just makes me kind of tear up. Michael Bay may not direct the next Transformers. Oh, shit. Should I, what are we going to do? Should I ready the champagne? <laughs> What are we going to do? We're actually going to enjoy the, the Transformers franchise finally? Maybe? Yeah, well, Just a little well, bit? Possibly? I, you know what? I'm waiting to see this because I, I cannot wait for this because uh, I think there's going to be a day of reckoning when it comes to this. Yes, it says um, – I guess he had an interview. He says he'll believe he'll be hands-off. Survey will be hands-off the franchise to direct uh, some other installments um, uh, of his own. And uh, he he's, uh, says there's some other movies that he liked to tackle and stuff like that. But you so. understand what this means, don't you? Mm. Evangelion, the movie is coming. <laughs> uh, hey, the I saga could, continues, bro. If I could, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I would. God, if I heard that, I would endorse an Evangelion live action movie. <laughs> he's he's gonna no drop. Real. He's dropping the Transformers franchise for the, the Ninja Turtles franchise. Know, <laughs> you know, we all would. And I mean, my God, how many women are in that show? Oh, a lot. Quite a yeah. bit. So you already know, man. Victoria's Secret models are getting some work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yo, Ava fans, watch out. <laughs> Michael yeah, Bates coming uh, for I'm you sure, next. I'm sure everyone will be complaining when they're in those uh, those uh, those little wetsuits that they wear. Oh, so. my goodness. Those movies are going to make so much bank. But uh, I, I'm just, uh, of course, I'm just joking. I don't know what his next uh, project's going to be. I hope he does something original like Pain and Gain because that movie was really enjoyable. So, yeah, he, um, he mentions that, that. He, he was able to step away, direct that, and you know it looks like he's got a lot of stuff. And it looks like he's also, from what it's sounding like here, you know, like all these directors, they start getting into producing because that's where the real money's at. Oh hell yes! <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, 
but yeah, that's definitely some sad news there. And, and, and thank you, um, uh, Mr. Prince Zeon for your submission. And Rodimus76 comes back with um, uh, what Sorbet might be doing. It's saying hey, here man. at Denon Geek website, he might be reportedly directing Cosmic Motors. Yeah. What? Yeah. And it looks like there's reports that he's actually going to direct Cosmic Motors for Warner Brothers based on the book from the same name. And it centers around the Cosmic Motors company, which is based in the Galaxon Galaxy. Nice. So, that would be pretty freaking awesome. So all I'm all I'm picturing here is uh, Rush, but in space. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. That's <laughs> cyber formula. Let's hope let's hope your boys in it too. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh yeah. That made the movie perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely would. Definitely would. Man. But, um, yeah. It's and it's. Uh, I've never read that book, but I've I've actually heard about it, and I heard it's pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. So it's to film on futuristic space vehicles. So, um, and I guess survey is working on the original narrative for the film. So can't wait on that. Thank you, Mr. Rodimus 76 for some uplifting news there. And, uh, we're, 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 it just gets better. Oh, it just gets better because Uh, watch out. it (laughs) It started off sad, but now it's gotten a lot better. And yes, this is coming from Philly Gundam fan, and he's actually got two links. And uh, we've all heard this announcement because this is basically this was top story news. Top story uh, on Conan. <laughs> Martin Lawrence announced that the sequel to the greatest action adventure movie of all time, Bad Boys Two, which would be Bad Boys Three, is supposedly being planned and is in the works. Holy so, shit! Yeah, man. Yes. So talk about getting what everybody wants so the greatest uh, sequel in the history of man is getting a sequel is that what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) it's just sick it's just sick now just think what sir bay would did with bad boys 2 because sir bay was still kind of an unknown quantity at that point Mm -hmm. he was still doing some stuff that was his probably his really big breakout with a really large budget because as we know he had um leftover money after they (laughs) saved the girl they were able to destroy half of cuba so imagine now with the clout of what? Not one, not two, but I think what? $3 billion movies the last time I checked? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it looks like uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith is uh, going to be getting together uh, to, uh, to do this. And I guess everything's in writing and uh, this was kind of confirmed on um, Conan. Yeah, my, my, uh, my only worry... Because I, I know Martin Lawrence is game for this. He really don't have much else going on, so he's he's his, <laughs> his schedule is clear. Michael Bay, I'm certain, has been wanting to do one of these for a long time. It'd be a great change of pace compared to the stuff he has been making. So, I mean, granted, um, he did paint again in Miami, so this would take him back to Miami, which he loves to film in. Um, but my biggest worry is uh, Will Smith. He's been effing up lately, and I hope that he doesn't try to kind of. Uh, hijack this production or i hope that you know doesn't try to hijack it to put his kids in it um i hope he comes oh. comes and brings yeah, we don't need that oh my god dude I, I, if you've ever seen that stupid after earth movie dude you don't want his kids anywhere near a set period so hopefully he brings his he brings his nuts <laughs> his, his nuts drop and he says look i'm gonna go film bad boys 3 because that's my calling and he goes and films this movie <laughs> and gets the job done because uh, we, we've been waiting for him to be in a dope movie for a while. And this is it. He better not I miss his opportunity. Is that one of his last real adult movies? Oh, like, after uh, Earth? Like when it was like, um, no, um, 
Bad Boys 2 where it's like um, kind of a comedy bad boy or kind of a comedy like adult movie. Yeah. I know he was like an Ali and stuff, but yeah. that was more like a drama and all that. But yeah. that I mean, was the last one that was like really, yeah, like he was completely irreverent F-bombs everywhere. Yeah, right? a rated R action mm-hmm. movie basically. That was the last yeah. one he was in because the only other movies I could think of, um, he was in uh, a rated R comedy action movie, but um, he was in, uh, what was it, I Am Legend? And I think that was PG-13, possibly. Yeah. And then he was in uh, Seven Pounds, which is a drama as well. So I, I really... Uh, and, of course, the, the shitty-ass After Earth. So, um... After uh, Earth? Oh, my. After <laughs> Earth. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's a, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm looking to leave, Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie's so terrible. But, um, yeah, uh, this is, would be his return to form. And I hope he definitely uh, doesn't give them shit when it comes to getting this movie made because that would be a damn tragedy. It really would. Well, it, it, Hollywood's sometimes funny if you once you have a couple of stinkers under your belt, where kinda hum, <laughs> it kind of humbleizes, you know, humbles you to a point where it's like maybe he. And I mean, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Outside of a lot of stuff, he's still kind of known for bad boys. Yeah, for both those movies. Hell yes. I mean, it's it's been a long time uh-huh. and. You know, because what? Uh, Bad Boys 2 is 2003, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, that's it, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I think it's going to work out. What, what got me worried really was the Independence Day, the fallout yeah. in the talks for Independence Day, because they really wanted him back. But they said they could do the movie without him. You can't do Bad Boys 3 without Will Smith. You can't. Otherwise, you would just end up rebooting a yeah. franchise or something. So I hope he uh, doesn't uh, or Joey ruin us. Yeah, Joey Pants. Yeah, Joey Pants. <laughs> <laughs> You don't you don't see someone like Kevin Hart taking his place? You'd have two short oh, guys instead oh of a tall guy. Oh my god, that would, that would be ridiculous. No, why would why you still need the captain there? I, I, w- I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind actually, Kevin Hart actually, being in it, but be, he should be commissioner by now. Who saw? Who saw? Who saw? But as for replacing Will Smith with Kevin Hart, nah, no. nah, I, no. I, I, I'll be fine with Kevin Hart being in the movie. But yeah, when it comes down to the, it, as one of the supporting guys, yeah, it's like if, yeah, they, if yeah. they can't make it with Will Smith, then reboot yeah. it. Just reboot it with 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 uh, of course uh, Michael Bay directing. But get into oh, new yeah. dudes. I'll feel bad for uh, Martin Lawrence, but <laughs> <laughs> why? Uh, if, if they have to reboot it and get new actors. But uh, if uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to come to that. I think uh, Will Smith I, I is going to get I don't, shit together. Yeah, I, don't, I, I can't see it. I can't see this being an issue. Yeah. Because y- you know, to an extent, it had to have been a fun movie to make. Yeah. I mean, my God, get the pull things. So. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. Thank you, Mr. Philly Gundam fan, for that news. And thank you, Sir Bay, for giving us all the entertainment that you give us. And thank you, everyone, for posting. And once again, if you have any news articles, always go to the Neos Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk Forum. And if we don't have it, guys, anything before we go on to our first segment? Yes, actually. Um, I would like to uh, make a correction from the last episode. Uh, I was uh, I, I had a rant on uh, Robotech last episode that... Uh, I kind of uh, got came into it misinformed. Um, I guess that's no surprise to our listeners. <laughs> you? You're, you're, you said something that was completely false. I thought I thought I did a little. I thought wow. I did enough research on the subject of Harmony Gold, uh, Gold, Gold, um, Gold Block, and uh, uh, Macross coming to the states. And I had a great conversation with Gwen Campbell from the uh, Speaker Pod, Macross Speaker Podca- uh, Podcast that you could find at Macross World. Uh, matter of fact, the uh, the URL is uh, macrosworld.com slash category slash uh, 
Speaker Pod. Let me make sure of this. Yes, Speaker Podcast. That's where you want to go. Um, and when you go there, they have a great episode, episode 14 of uh, the Macross Speaker Podcast, uh, part three, episode 14, part three, called Macross Mythbusters. And a great series of questions is asked about this very subject of what's stopping Macross from um, uh, being over in, uh, in the States and pretty much the powers that be that are stopping it. And uh, Harmony Gold has a whole lot more to do with it than I initially investigated. So um, check out that podcast. It is, it's very informative, and I, I really enjoyed um, conversing with Gwen. And um, many thanks to him and his, uh, his, his top-notch staff for, uh, for clearing up the myths behind that. But, yeah, um, it's Macross World slash Category slash Speaker Podcast. I'll make sure to have a link in this episode's description so you guys can check that out. To air is human, to repair is Solbro. It is. There you go. <laughs> Educating Solbro, it's a, it's, a, it's a daily process. <laughs> but, uh, Eric, any, any, uh, anything you wanted to mention before we uh, move on to our first segment? Do it. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> Back to you, Neo. All right, well, thank you. And uh, we'll be into our first segment. You're listening to Gundam and MHQ. America, Jack. Now you say one more word about Lisa here, and I'm gonna break my foot off in your royal ass. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. The Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast presents Storytime with Chiaki. I was on a train in Korea once with one of my friends, and um, I get an itch in my nose, and I kind of, you know, rub my nose or whatever, and then I sneeze, and blood just goes everywhere, and we're in between stops, and I'm having, I'm holding my hands over my nose, and there's just blood dripping from my hands. What the hell? It's like one of the worst nosebleeds I've ever had. Shouldn't pick your nose so hard. And then it's like when we get to the stop, when we run out to the bathroom, and I like run in the bathroom, and there's blood all over me, and like all of the girls in the bathroom like flee, and I, I open up my hand, and it's like a pool of blood in the sink, and that story wasn't funny at all. It was awful. Nobody will ever want to ride next to Chiaki on the train again. I always have a good story somewhere in me. For more Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, visit www.aaapodcast.com or iTunes. 
Brandon was just a dork who wanted to shoot lightning out of his hands like Gundam Ryu from Street Fighter. So I waved my magic wand and brought this lightning bolt legend out to Hollywood, where the nerd always gets the girl. All right, everyone, welcome back. And uh, like we had stated at the beginning of the show, uh, we had to do a little adaptability and uh, doing some listener-submitted topics. And the first one here uh, is actually comes from Poster Arbiter Gundam. And it's not uh, pretty recent, actually, February of last year. And uh, here's his original question, and we'll probably, we're going to tweak it a little bit, but uh, just for the sake of uh, what he posts, I'm going to put his original uh, question here. And uh, he goes, an idea for a mini-segment or and or, or and a the STX, we've heard Neo explode with rage over Seed Revisionist, and Chris has let us all know what he really feels about Hopers and Dreamers. <laughs> so now it's Solbro's turn. There has to be something that will let the evil out of Solbro. Oh, so no. <laughs> we sat there and said, well, you know, Solbro was like, well, there's some things that kind of get me going. So, uh, and we said, well, you know, we can, we can listen to that, but it would be kind of fun. You know, me and the Crestborn will be just sitting here, uh, listening to Solbro the whole time. So oh, basically boy. what we're going to do is we're going to, each of us is going to have one thing that's just this kind of not necessarily irritating, uh, irritating, you know, not necessarily always evil, but something that's just is kind of bothering us uh, and that we've seen with recent things in anime or just things in general. But before we do anything, we'll definitely turn it over to Solbro first. So Solbro, what would be the thing that would get kind of the evil out of you at this point? <laughs> To exercise the demons. Well, um I, I it's it's no secret that I have not really I enjoyed a lot of the newer animes that have come out over the last couple of years. Um I, I used to be like a diehard oh, what's the new anime season starting up? Let me let me shop around, let me see what's coming out so I can check out half the shows that are airing and just dive right into it and watch anything and everything. That kind of fell off for me in the late 2000s. And one of the reasons why, if not the main reason why, is uh, a, 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 what's the word? A trend in anime called moe has kind of swept the nation. And um, maybe I'm not being fair by, uh, by, by saying this, but when I look at the character designs in the shows that have been coming out now, I'm not really interested in watching it because they don't seem like character designs that would appeal to me. Like every so often you get a series like Space Dandy where it's like, yo, that show looks awesome, checking that out. Or um, some of the runback series that have come out recently like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That's based on an old property from 30 years ago. So, or sorry, 25 years ago. All goes so, back to freaking JoJo. I'm just, I'm just saying though, that's like a, that's like a really, <laughs> right. that's a, that's a really I, old I property. I play the role of Chris Grace. Oh, it. Jesus. Soul bro uh-huh. the rest of... The rest of 2014. Uh huh. On Gundam. <laughs> uh huh. You never mentioned JoJo. That won't be happening. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just. I, 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 I am just. I. 
I'm just using that as an example of a series that got me back into watching an anime series week to week. It took something that was really old like that to get me into it. This ping pong, I think that ping pong show that just came out too, that show looks really cool. Kind of looks like King of the Hill. So those designs are like so weird to see in, in an anime environment that I've got to power. I like that, but when it comes to Moe. Um, and, and if you're a fan of the of the genre, if, sorry, if you're a fan of that type of anime, I apologize to him. Just, no, no, just I, 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 I'm, I am not trying to be that asshole that's like shitting on all of no. it without giving it a shot. Um, if you're a fan of Moe, I, uh, you know, you have your reasons, and that's perfectly fine. But for me, when I sit down and 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 check, you know the descriptions of these shows it all kind of like seems the same to me you know you've got the the moe characters which are all like the little sister for those who don't know moe is kind of like a short term for little sister um in in japanese slang i'm sure i'm, I'm sure no, our s- some people don't so i always <laughs> like to try to bring it back to one but yeah and, and that's just putting it lightly there's there's more to it than that but um basically uh there's a, a uh, fans of this genre like to see when there's a little sister character that you know that they could you know i guess project themselves into you know looking after that character or whatnot and uh for me it just seems kind of uh there's there's to me and i, I can't shake it there seems to be something that might be a sexual attraction to those kind of characters some of those characters are older than they actually are um are, they're supposed to be older than what they look like um, like I saw one show that had characters that were supposed to be like 14 and 15, but they looked like they were grade schoolers. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. so it's like, dude, what? <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes Moe series can surprise me or series that have a kind of a Moe look can surprise me. I just got exposed to Angel Beats just recently. So, you know, off the first look, I would have never, ever checked that show out. But uh, thanks to uh, Shoji, uh, who was on last week, last last uh, episode, and um, Varnus, one of our regular uh, supporters in viewers um they suggested that we should check that show out and we did and I, I i dug the premise i was able to get past the uh the actual visuals of the of the the moe look of it and dig into the story because the story is very interesting but as a whole man when i i see all these shows and they all look the same to me uh and and they all star characters uh, female characters that are like that look like nine and eight year olds i i just can't get down with that man i i kind of have to have something i can uh latch on to even if it's a female-led show but the females look badass or they look normal i'm down for that i have no problem with that it's just that when they look prepubescent and they're doing like big big man things i just i to me it just seems silly <laughs> it seems really silly so uh for me that's that's a big pet peeve uh when it comes to that uh I, again I, i'm open to checking some of those shows out if you tell me what the premise is and if it sounds dope but if i'm just seeing pictures of that shit i just have to pass it up i'm sorry peter i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> strike witches man <laughs> but uh that's my initial thoughts on that um i um uh, other than that um so i guess i guess in, to summarize yours is just kind of the over sexualization of these prepubescent teen girls yeah because in, in like a in in a major factor because yeah. you, you now have like groups of them as opposed to like maybe one or two of that type of character in the past now it's like you have a whole squadron of girls like this flying and they're all in their underwear or fighting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then you know, the the fan art you see it's kind of just a huge 
I just don't get it. Well, that's I, your I, mistake. You go, you never go to fan art. No, it's not, I, I'm not even looking for it. I just see it get posted on fo- on, on on social media and shit like that. And that's it's like, why what? you just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes burn when I see stuff like that because it's just you, not my you, thing. I just you quickly close and you hit that space. But I can't scrub it out my brain. <laughs> I cannot see well, what's unseen. I mean, sometimes it just happens. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, it's 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 it's. I mean, it's it's a fun, it's a it's a it's a simple thing. But I, I think it lends itself to some uh, a complaint I've heard about uh, recently, and I think Miyazaki even brought this up uh, some time ago. The over fetishization of anime as of recently, they've come to realize that the shows that do the best in Japan are ones with particular uh, fetishes that are hot in the otaku watching uh, uh, sphere. So Moe is one of those things that, you know, you're going to see a lot of because that's the trend now. It's not the hot-blooded uh, pilot dude or the hot-blooded guy or, or the sexy chick anymore. It's, it's, it's Moe. And it's, it's, for me, makes a tough watch and it makes me kind of tune out of a lot of the shows that are airing right now. Um, I'm sure these things come in waves, so I'm sure there'll be some other trend that'll happen that may pull me back in. But right now, I just can't find myself watching new stuff. I'm thinking the next trend. <laughs> What's that? Young Asian boys. Oh, stop in, it! God, in sweaters <laughs> with airplanes on them, helping slightly older boys fix their zakus. Wait, that's already been done. Oh my God, Al's coming back, big time. <laughs> Al's always around if you watch Bernie's Lament. Oh my God, stop it! <laughs> From the files of Soul Pro Radio. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> If the internet had a greatest hit CD, Bernie's Lament would be track two. All day long. <laughs> Bernie's Lament. I, I still consider it one of my best AMVs. But yes, um, back to the subject. Moe, yeah. It, 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 if anything, if you guys enjoy it, I'd like to see what your responses are in the thread. Educate me uh, and let me know what you like about it best. But Neo, back to you, sir. All right. Well, um, that's that's kind of a, I think, kind of a trend a lot of people can <laughs> understand i think a lot of times it's that's a cultural thing i think Mm -hmm. just because of the different ages of uh consent in in our fair countries i think that's what makes us as fans a little 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 thinking twice about that one so but uh all right well thank you mr solbro and uh our our guest uh mr crestborn what what would be your uh thing that would kind of let the evil out kind of sort of maybe well, the thing that actually causes me the most ire is two things. I was thinking between which one I wanted to talk about. I was thinking about actually bitching about Funimation, but I realized that, that I would have to. I need to be better prepared because apparently everyone just loves Funimation to death. They can do no wrong, and then like, but I'm I'm a bit of a weirdo when it comes to <laughs> anime. Like, I, <laughs> we've, we've discussed. Well, remember, this. there was a point when they couldn't do anything right. Like yeah, the, yeah. Like yeah. the three episodes, uh, a DVD and VHS on. Um, for Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, remember those days? Yeah. Oh yeah, the classic, uh, the, the the early nineties, yeah. yeah, the good old days. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> um, Milk it, <laughs> Jesus. But I guess the one thing I could point out that that to me is what caused me the most ire has nothing really to do with anime directly, mm-hmm. but it's it's this new thing. It's not new. It's been around for a little while. But like the the anime internet critic, Ooh. where you've got oh wait wait wait, 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 wait I know wait, wait, I know right us you guys yeah but no, no it's, <laughs> we're not on the internet we're not on the internet. <laughs> 
we're on the internet. We're we're we're, we're not networked. So, um, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's just this thing of like like there's places like that guy with the glasses, Reviewtopia. There's some specific listeners out there that have, that have heard me complain about this before that they're mm-hmm. all rolling their eyes right now. Oh. But <laughs> but I cannot stand this idea of somebody who has this like hoity-toity upper crust kind of like you know sophisticated mentality about themselves all of a sudden and that whenever they see an anime like Panty and Stocking that has a poop monster in the first episode that they instantly <laughs> they instantly instantly just cut off the whole rest of the series as garbage and stupid Woo. and dumb and this and that or whatever uh, the infamous uh, review of um, uh, the Double O movie by a guy who has not seen any Gundam series, had not seen the Double O series, had no idea what the fuck he was doing going into this review and made a fool oh. out of himself. Oh, Doug Bendo? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> I'm saying like like there is a way that that, that they think that there's a way that you can like separate yourself from your fandom and to review a series. I mean, you can look at anime series objectively, even if you like that genre, like if you like Mecha, and we can all look at G Savior and see the flaws in it. But someone like me can be like, I still enjoy this, you mm-hmm. know. But I've always been under the impression that people should make up their own fucking minds. So like video game reviewers, uh, movie reviewers, all these guys, like I normally think you should ignore them. But then there's unfortunately just too many people that like want to mix entertainment with a review. And that's what some of these anime people will do is that they'll show you clips of the anime and mix everything in and then give you their opinion. But when you actually listen to their opinion, it's actually really, really horrible. Like, <laughs> they put, like, no thought into it. Like, okay, the one that irks me the most is this guy named uh, uh, Bennett the Sage. That's right. Call him out. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling names. I'm, I'm saying names. All right. So, Cars so on the Bennett. table. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can direct all hate mail towards Sobro Ryu. Oh, and- oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Okay, and, so and, and into the prior segment with Solbro mm-hmm. hating uh, Moe, mm-hmm. all Moe, uh, all Moe loving uh, emails and fan art uh, to sbr at mhq gmail dot com. You are a horrible man. <laughs> <laughs> so back to what I was saying. So there's like I said, there's a guy named Bennett the Sage. He's, mm-hmm. he's he was originally started as a video game reviewer, oh. and, and generally his reviews were, if you like this style of game, you'll like it. If you don't, you don't. Like, that was the extent of his video game reviews, both yeah. of them. So he, decided, <laughs> he decided to jump on the anime. And so he did his, like, top whatever anime of all time. Like, he said, these are the pinnacle of anime to him. And he had Macross Plus as the, like, the top of the mountain when it comes to all anime overall. Like, to, to him, there is no greater anime past Macross Plus. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing in the modern era, nothing afterwards, nothing else. The, the, and, I'm, and immediately, I'm just like, Macross Plus was a great OVA. Like, it was a great addition to the Macross series. But, I mean, there are other series out there that are better, if not as good as Macross Plus, and he just seems to be ignoring them. You know? Like, that's that's his Mount Everest. You can't go no further. And I'm just like, no offense, but uh, uh, Cranston as the voice actor was a pretty cool thing. But there's there's better ones out there, you know. <laughs> uh, like the worst example I can give besides that is uh, Jesu Taku. And um, unfortunately, I like to hate follow her on Twitter, oh. which I, I mean, Doc is uh, Doc is screaming at me right now from. Yeah, the he is. Like, don't hate watch something. Just don't watch her. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Doc impression. So. <laughs> Suddenly, he goes Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but, um, 
there's a there's a show uh, or it's a show it's an internet show on uh, Rooster Teeth on their channel called Ruby yeah. and and the guy who get the, does it named Monty Ohm he's basically making this entire show like from a like a little garage looking studio thing at this place and it's not exactly the best you know scripted or the best like looking but mm-hmm. it's still their work and she has made it clear for years that she thinks it's all of it is complete garbage and instead of just dropping the subject and moving on she still like to this day still continue every time a new episode of ruby comes out she's critiquing it making fun of it and pissing off her fans and she has to continually say i'm not saying you fans are horrible the show is just horrible just like no talk about something that's good you know move on to an anime that you're liking this season but (laughs) i don't know but i mean that i could go on for another like 45 minutes with this but i'll just i'll stop with well, some of those people they do that to antagonize the viewer, and they do that to uh, to get clicks. Like, like some of it's clickbait. Like for Jesu Otaku, from the way you describe it, she's doing that knowing that people are gonna you know lash back and people are gonna check out her uh, YouTube channel and hate watch her as well. So she kind of knows her audience when she does stuff like that, and she's goading people into into uh, I guess responding to her thoughts on an anime that she clearly doesn't like and clearly shouldn't be watching. Um, if she knows that the entire show is going to be garbage in her eyes um she you know she doesn't have any uh open mind she doesn't have the, an open mind to say okay i'm going to judge each episode the way the episode are where the episodes are and, and rate it accordingly no she's already got a prejudice against each episode and the whole premise of the show and the production of the show and she's just railing on that and finding ways to just take shots out of the dude who's busting his ass trying to make the show so yeah. you know that's kind of unfair and i, I can't even take a reviewer seriously like that um it seems to me that she's taken the um what's that reviewer that uh does movie reviews oh, i forget his name but he, he he he's contradictory on purpose to piss people off armand white that's him she sounds like she's trying to do her best to be armand white when it comes to this particular show oh yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like man that's 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 the oldest trick in the book it really is but um uh, does, does she like give any good reviews? Like, does she? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like uh, 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 Princess Tutu, that yeah. uh, weird anime that came out. That's like that's her favorite anime of all time. She mm-hmm. gave that a ten out of ten. Wow. Um, but then when Full Metal Panic came out, she was like, "These are two different genres that just do not work together." This gets oh. a three out of five. You know, and it was just like it, it does something different. It does it effectively, and it was entertaining. Yeah. What the? You know, this is like it's just yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next. The next. Time you guys have me on, I'll have a a, a, a full uh, a paper written out on my hatred toward Funimation, and then all hatred could be sent towards <laughs> SBR at mhq.gmail. You bastards! <laughs> God dang it, but man. So back to you, Neo. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, that's definitely some stuff that's uh, kind of a <laughs> kind of annoying, <laughs> and I guess in general, especially with reviewers. But I guess everybody's a, a, a critic at this point. But mm-hmm. um, like the reason why I like listening to you guys when you guys do a review is that you guys tell it from you. You guys tell it exactly how you feel. You don't you bash on it if you think it's dumb. They usually say you think that it is stupid because you believe that this character they 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 apply it to the to the audience instead yeah. of them just saying this is my opinion mm-hmm. you guys have never really crossed that. i mean chris has done it from time to time but he's dead in the backyard right now so <laughs> <laughs> He'll he'll burst out his grave like the like the bride. <laughs> he starts walking in the door. I'm here for my appointment. <laughs> so, well, I mean, sword in I hand. Mean, the, the thing is, is I you know one of the things that uh, I try to take responsibility as 
you know, if I give an opinion or review is I at least have facts of why I like it. I'm just, and I'm not doing it just based on something that is trying to be, you know, make me popular or cool. Mm -hmm. Or if these are these real things that just kind of irk me about it. And I just, you know, try to say it as, as what we can. I mean, you know, and, and I think too, one of the issues that you have now is uh, people with reviews. You, I think there's a hard way for people to delineate that. Um, you can be critical of a lot of things within a movie or a show or something like that, mm-hmm. but then overall still like it mm-hmm. because it seems like there's this thing of like, gosh, if you have one or two things that just irritate you about the show, then the whole thing is shit. And that's not always the case. I mean, there, there's, there's things that will irritate you and it might be kind of annoying in a show, but then you know, overall it may be good. I mean, and, and, and that's, and that's the thing, because you got to look at it. It's so many different aspects. And I think that that's sometimes people take like one little concept and they just blow it up into the most, you know, major deal that they can ever think of. And mm-hmm. that, that to me always turns me off on, um, on reviews is that's what it is. I mean, yep. that's because I'll just use the example. Sir Bay, every time, every time, every time one of his things gets reviewed, they never really talk that much into anything in the detail. It's just, oh, Michael Bay, and he just likes to blow up things. Well, you know, there's some more of what's going on to a movie and stuff like that because they give everybody else, you know, just cause when it comes to certain things. Yeah. And I, I think that that's one of the things that you got to kind of do as, as a reviewer. And, and, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion, which is fine, but, you know, make sure that you have some basis of your opinion. Just don't be like, oh, you're so stupid because you like this. Mm-hmm. No. Well, he seems to be an effigy that uh, critics like to burn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, ritually, every year, when it, when, or every other year when he yeah. puts a movie out. And I, I just, you know, I, I'm starting to see that for what it is when it comes to uh, Michael Bay. It's like, look, he, he's good at what he does, man. Um, you know, you don't go to his movies expecting a real deep experience. You go there to be entertained uh, with, with the spectacle that's on the screen. It- if anything, there's there's areas where he can improve, and I will I will analytically look at that and and say that, but I'm not going to condemn the man. Um, but isn't there? But isn't there something that all of us can improve? Oh, absolutely. On? And, and all mm-hmm. of these. I mean, let's look at like a, an act or a director sometimes that gets a lot of uh, praise, and and rightfully so. But a, a guy like Martin Scorsese, Scorsese. Yeah. I mean, he is basically. I mean, he's not always perfect, and sometimes he can be. His move, some of his movies can be a little long winded, and it's just you know. But he gets the pass. Yeah. And the thing is, is the one thing I respect about Michael Bay is, unlike a lot of these directors, he knows what he is. Yeah, and he's comfortable with the type of director that he is. Where you have a lot of these guys that you know they're trying to be more than what they really are, mm-hmm. and they're not. You know, but yeah, it's it's kind of silly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But, but what, uh, what did you have in mind for your what, what what grinds your gears when it comes to the anime or it's anime? Not necessarily, it's not necessarily a, a grinding of the gears, mm-hmm. but I, I think it's something that I, I mentioned before, and, and and it goes to a lot of different genres. But I, I'll definitely look at it when it comes to uh, the anime uh, fan. It's it's not as bad as it used to be, but it's still kind of prevalent, mm-hmm. and I think it's the fact of the the. Uh, the the rampant like kind of uh, distrust or actually like attacking people that seem to be either new to a genre or new oh. to it or mm-hmm. 
Um, they're trying to get into something. And the thing that I really have an issue with it is, is you always hear these fans go, oh, nobody ever understands us. Well, how can they when they try to and you're, you can be like a complete asshole to them? <laughs> and I mean, because let's be honest, in, in, a, in a, I think one of the things that I, I think is, you know, with all the technology that we have now is everyone's available, the availability of new types of stories and media and stuff like that. We've never had access like this before. And, but we've, but we we still have this like pack mentality as as human beings of you know we identify with something and sometimes we feel like we still want to be so protective of it you know mm-hmm. it's that it's that old punk rock mentality is like yeah. oh they're punk rock but oh man they just hit it big you know because they don't want to you know they they signed a big contract because they don't want to eat um you know live in a van and eat uh you know dirt all the time like <laughs> they're doing something that they and and I think that you you have that with this too it's like there used to be a point where all of this stuff was maybe you know looked at as being geeky or but it's not anymore Mm -hmm. i mean it's really not we see um you know not to make it sad but you know recent death of robin williams you read about the guy he was a big fan of uh anime i mean this is a guy that's a 60 year old man that's into this stuff and you know um it's it's across the board but the thing i have is just you know there's people out there that want new mediums and they there's want they want new stories to watch include them i mean and and it, you know the thing is is I, I think the one thing we've always tried with gundam is um you know not to be uh elitist or elitist or exclusive of people especially you know a lot of t- you know a lot of the stuff that we uh show or that we review and all that it's different than what you're going to get from other the some of the other uh, uh anime podcasts because that's intentional because we want people to say hey there's more than xyz show or one two three show i mean it's it's easy for you know we always get the question of oh why when are you guys doing evangelion we don't get it too much anymore it's been about seven years and <laughs> that, that's people, finally been nipped in the bud a little I bit think, i think people i think people finally realize that ain't, that ain't happening but the thing <laughs> is it's like what you know why would we do it Mm-hmm. There's enough. There's enough on it. So I mean, there's all these other. And I mean, one of the more satisfying things that we get from the feedback on forums and the Facebook and the Twitter and and all that stuff is, um, wow. You know, I heard about this show and then I checked it out and damn, you guys were right. It was pretty cool. Or you know, it, yeah, it was goofy and had some issues, but it still was kind of a fun ride. A different thing. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that fans in general, and I'm only looking at it as 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 uh anime fans but i think the the whole fandom thing in general as a whole for all different fandoms in the last five to six years has just gotten to a point where it's just it makes you sometimes not want to be a to associate yourself as a fan of something yeah because you see the way that people act and it's not just anime or video games or sports or anything like that it's it's a lot of things and i think that that's one of the things that we need to start leaning is that people are going to know about this stuff now. I mean, yeah. my God, Netflix. People just people mm-hmm. probably just surf their Netflix home screen and look how much anime stuff like that shows Crunchy up. Crunchyroll. Oh yes, yeah. all sorts of also and Hulu too. Everything's uh, yeah. at the ready now. It's not like yeah. years ago where you had to borrow tapes anymore. But you raise a very good point, and I think this is uh, something that uh, 
uh, you know, I, I consider myself a nerd or a square. And the last group of but, people, but but I ask you this, Solbro, and I'm yeah. I'm not putting it on the. Uh, yeah. What is what is that anymore? What is a nerd anymore? Because it used to be, you know, the guy with the you know the the the, the high water pants and yeah. the tight shirt, and he's oh. Well, I mean, know. nerds still exist. What? They they still exist. It's just that the, it there's well, a lot it? there's well, a lo- there's a lot of casual nerddom that is now out in the public lexicon. So you know, if you know about Star Wars, you know about Star Trek. That's more common knowledge now than it was back when I got into but, it but see, in the early I don't, 90s. But see, I don't even I, see, and I'm only asking this because I ra- I'm trying yeah. to raise the question of is what is a nerd anymore? Because I'll be honest with you, mm-hmm. saying you like Star Wars or saying you like no, Star Trek, it's, it's far more socially think, acceptable that, than it was 20 no, years ago. It's, well, it's completely acceptable yeah. now because you don't unless, uh, unless you're a brony. <laughs> We're not even going to do that. Oh, okay, just saying. Just oh. saying. <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, you raise a good point. Uh, nerds, and I consider what, myself what, what one is, of them. What, uh, what is? Why, why do you consider? I, I'm uh, just, uh, uh, what I consider a nerd is someone who becomes obsessed about uh, something that really, at the in the long run, now, if you're obsessed about science, science matters. So I don't consider people who are scientists, people who actually work on shit that's life changing, to be nerds. N- getting your nerd on is where you are actually getting involved in something that doesn't do anything but to enrich your personal life um you know getting into a hobby um getting into uh whether it be board gaming whether it be anime whether it be video gaming whatever um but go ahead well i ask you this then Mm -hmm. are people and this brings up a great point because of the time of year that it is Mm -hmm. so you're saying people that assess about something that in the end really doesn't mean that much in the in the in the grand scheme of things I guess people that are fantasy football nuts are nerds. Yep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, oh, oh that, that, I'm just I'm just trying to get that into but, into the thing. Yeah. But, I mean, so mm-hmm. you're saying that really the way nerd, the way that you see it, is more or less just a person that's obsessing about something that in the end isn't really going to enrich them financially or socially or anything. It's just it's a hobby that they just turn into. They go a little bit. A little bit beyond passion. You no, know, it's it's a part of their lifestyle, and you can have a healthy. You can ha- you can be a nerd and have a healthy obsession and and weigh everything out. What my problem is with any kind of scene is when you exclude, uh, especially since a lot of cats like me have dealt with situations where you have been uh, socially an outcast. So you know what that feeling is like. So when you say, for instance, are in, in, in you know are, are encountering noobs in a game, or seeing people come to your anime function. And, um, you know, they're new and they don't know a lot and you rag on them for not knowing shit. It's like, why do that? You're turning off any kind of potential new fans and you're making Mm -hmm. yourself look like a total prick. And it's Mm -hmm. like you're the last person in the world that should be doing that kind of shit, knowing what kind of hardships you've already had to face. Because because in the end, we have to think we're all noobs at something. As much as we may know something about one thing, there's something else that we don't know. Right. Um, That was a problem. That was a problem I ran into when I recently was trying to get into uh, League of Legends. Um, That game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That game has a very like, if you don't get the right boots on the first turn, we're going to ban your ass from the, you know, that kind of thing. But then when I go to a game like Smite, which is like the third most popular MOBA compared to League of Legends and Dota, Mm -hmm. um, they are extremely open to brand new people coming into their game. Like, wow. 
they are so much more open. Like that community is a much more well maintained and kept community than anything I've ever ran into with League. Now, to all League players listening right now that are saying, uh you know, I'm just saying that's just what I've ran into in my experience. So I hope to play League one day again and get back into it and and run into a better group of people that might be more open to my uh, involvement as a noob. But so far, not so not so much. Yeah, I I I completely uh, I see where you're coming from with that because uh, and and that seems to be the commonplace thing with gaming is that it if you haven't already like paid your dues instantly then you are just you they don't ever give you the opportunity to learn the game um yep. or or say okay this guy's new so I should you know kind of uh help him along and, and teach him how it is they don't have any time for that shit and um I see I think, I see I that, think a lot of it though now mm-hmm. is fear yeah because I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is people just uh, they're afraid that you might end up better than them. Because, you know, with those with games, mm-hmm. you know, um, one update or one uh, expansion pack. Oh, yeah. And you go from being a top tier guy to being doo doo. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, it, it happens. I finally experienced the opposite of that of uh, just recently with Ultra. But yeah, I've taught people who are much play ga- play play fighting games much better than me now, and I've never had anything against that. If you can make someone a better player than you, you've actually accomplished something that you know you've taught someone how to play the game, and that's an accomplishment no, all to mean itself. You don't go easy on them, and no. Head to head to oh God, no. But- <laughs> But you do give them pointers, yeah. Exactly. And if you you make someone an anime fan and they get into it hardcore, you know, they get into something that you're into hardcore, then, you know, that's something to take pride in. I've introduced Gundam to so many people. And, um, you know, they, they thank me for that stuff. It's like, I would have never watched the show otherwise. All I saw was Wing. I didn't know these other shows existed. And, you know, and I'm not just talking through this podcast alone. I'm talking about, like, in my own personal life, I'll loan people, like, a, a box set of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam or Zeta. And they'll watch it and they'll eat it up and say, hey, man, I love this show. Do you have any more? So, you know, it's you got to be able to share and be open and not just be quick to ostracize somebody because they're brand new. That's just the dumbest thing. It's it goes against uh, being able to grow your scene and make sure making sure that new life comes into it. And I just can't stand that mentality. It sucks. Well, I think I mean in closing, I think one of the things that you have to realize is, you know, every, and you know, there people are always complaining sometimes that these these uh, scenes aren't getting bigger or whatever like that. But why would they when people when you're not inclusive to uh, outside people or people that are discovering something new? um, Why would people want to invest in your product and, you know, make it grow? Because, well, I put all this money in, but I'm going to have all their all the existing fans just shit on the new ones just because, uh, you know, they have an elitist attitude. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I think I I honestly believe and. I know people. I I have different thoughts about, and not to just put it in gaming because, but I think it's a it's an interesting way on it. But I relate it back to anime too. Is that I think the gaming scene, as big as it is right now, I think if years ago it was a little bit more inclusive and 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 you know and and in all types of ways, that I think you might see it where it's even bigger than what it is now, and you probably wouldn't have the case of. Uh, every time um, a studio puts out something, you don't know if they're going to uh, be bankrupt at the end of it because we see that a lot. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. I see the and I see the same thing with uh, anime. It's 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 the same way. And um, you know, the, it, it had its boom and bust, and now it's you know it's it seems like it's starting to peak again a little bit. There's there's some good things going on, but 
you know, it, 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 I, I think in a way that industry to an extent has learned that it seems a lot, it doesn't seem as bad as it used to be. A lot of, there's not as many elitists when you go to the conventions and stuff as there used to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're still, they're still <laughs> around, but it seems like people are a little bit more, because I remember being, when I was at Anime Expo, you know, I'd be sitting and waiting to get into something and be talking to somebody. And they were, you know, they were really a lot more, a lot, a lot of people just kind of breaking things down to me as opposed to like, oh, you didn't know about this? Oh, you should check it out. It's awesome. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, and so, yeah, it was, I think that that to me is one of the things that's, that's irritated me. And, and uh, I, think it, I think it would be one of those uh, trends or, or one of those attitudes that could <laughs> go away in the anime industry because, I think he, if that went away, we'd, you'd be surprised what would happen. Because look at look at what like Mar- uh, Marvel's doing with comic books. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. You could have this. You could uh, you could possibly have the same thing because you have a lot of animes that have stories as good and better than these Marvel movies, and we yeah, all like, know this. Like uh, w- one of my closest friends, uh, we'll call him uh, Turkey. Uh, <laughs> uh, that th- that is his nickname. <laughs> He's probably drunk right now. I've sent him a link. Like I've sent him a link probably to this recording, so he hears me talking about him. Um, so if it was not for Turkey learning about FAHQ and and having the original Mobile Suit Gundam tape movies and introducing me and my best friend Ronan into uh, Gundam. Period. Like we had Gundam Wing, but like only I had Cartoon Network, but we didn't know what Gundam was. Mm-hmm. Um, he introduced us to this fandom. He introduced us to this series to the to MHQ and FAHQ whatever it was so if it wasn't for him sharing what he knew with us then i probably would not be here like obsessing over robots and buying models and you know watching cartoon robots fight each other in japan you know that kind of stuff so (laughs) so with one person opening up and saying hey here's a cool thing that i like maybe you'll like it too it 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 makes people's lives better it helps them it changes them it's it's a good thing so i've always tried to open up myself to anything that I like to my other friends. If I can tell that they might be interested in anything that's mecha related or just anime in general, I always say, Hey, try this out. You know, I've been pushing kill a kill on like everybody (laughs) lately, (laughs) but a close friend of mine, um, she loves dragon age inquisition Mm -hmm. and she has been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And so I've played the original dragon age a little bit, nothing too much. So we made an exchange that for every time she squeezes about something dragon age related, I'll send her something Gundam related and we'll, just we'll, we'll both get into something that we each other likes and we've both been learning something really cool so she's excited about uh g reco coming out and i'm excited about dragon age origin coming out so oh. you know, like people need to start sharing you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely right so. man that's how, that's how the world goes around man that's that's how, that's how love uh, love for the things you like continue and uh don't fizzle out man uh, this, yep. perpetuate your scene don't and, uh, and don't dis- don't discourage people Yep. And, yeah, and it's and it's okay if it gets popular, because yeah. in a way, uh, a lot of times that's the only way that these things will really survive. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> they have to get popular. You have to have people like them so they get money. So, but um, I guess that will be it for this segment, and uh, we will uh, like to thank Mr. Arbiter Gundam for his submission. Of course, we kind of tweaked it a little bit, but once again, we still thank you, and we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ.
podcasting is king, you are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you, at tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, The Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit Gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. Man, is that Gundam? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. Welcome back, guys, to Gundam at MAHQ. And in this segment, we are actually sitting down to interview a very special person. Uh, you guys know her as Vampy Bit Me, the the excellent cosplayer that you've you've probably seen over the over the last couple of years. She's cosplayed Gundam characters like uh, like Haman Karn and also Gundams like the like the Unicorn Gundam. <laughs> And, and many other characters, uh, uh, as well as uh, characters from comic books. Uh, one of my favorite characters that she cosplays is uh, Captain America, actually. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Welcome to the show. I'm 
I'm so happy to be here. I am so, you don't understand. I've been talking about it for like, ever since I got the email, I was like, no way. Wow. It's too much fun. I'm, I'm so excited. So thank you guys. You're very welcome. Also in this interview is my, uh, my, my, my co-pilot for this interview. And he's none other than Crestborn. You guys know him as Eric and many other names. Eric, I know you're stoked for this interview. You kind of helped make it happen. Yeah, that fateful night, I sent out that random tweet and she replied back, oh my God, that'd be amazing. Yes. <laughs> That's my impersonation. Sorry, like, but our people <laughs> the reenactment <laughs> i've been following your twitter for oh gosh like a couple of months now and it was just great seeing all of your really really well-made cosplay and then you actually being the unicorn and you building models and 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 just you know everything was just great about your twitter i love following you on there oh, thanks so much i mean it's what we do right so it's really fun and to be able to find people on twitter or social media that does the same stuff is kind of cool mm-hmm. um because like, so. yeah, it's really it's cool. It's just something that we do, and it's nice that we get like you know to connect this way. And I'm excited, so it's pretty cool. We're excited to have you here, and yes. and um, uh, Linda also is her her real name. And uh, if anything, we'll, you'll hear us interchange between Vampy and Linda throughout the call. But and Larry, uh, and, and Larry, and Larry. <laughs> today it will be Larry. <laughs> okay, Larry, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> well. But Eric, go ahead and uh, go, you, take take the first shot, my friend. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> well, Vampy, Linda, Larry, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, won't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like uh, where you're from, and just a little bit about your 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 backstory, your your origin story. Okay. Well, um, so I was born in Oklahoma in a really small sit, uh, city called Okmulgee. Oh. Have you guys heard of that place? Not at nope. all. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Good, because you might not want to ever visit that place. I'm just it's pretty. You know, the thing is, I always had to say I was born in the 80s. I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys were. Um, mm-hmm. I'm an old timer. I was born in the late 70s, personally. But that- Okay, well, then you understand because we didn't have much. And that concluded, like, why I became the way I am. Oh, it's absolutely. Like, yeah, it's like building transformer outfits out of cardboard boxes what? with my brother yeah and like learning about anime through vhs and stuff like that so you're to- totally aging me now but anyway oh my goodness oh no we, we know that struggle i have a collection of uh, Gunbuster and pat labor and all these other ones just vhs collections oh, you said Gunbuster. okay we're gonna go crazy like vertical <laughs> if we start that <laughs> so, you know like i'm like hey stop stop now because i love Gunbuster. Um, the top. <laughs> i know i'm like hold on i have something to say about that I, I love gunbuster um but anyway yeah like i was born in oklahoma and then i moved to california and that's pretty much my story i've been building gundams for about 15 years mm-hmm. um my first kits were sd models um and uh, my favorite model is like the shinmusha so i that's one of my favorite models um from a long time ago and yeah that's Ooh. about it. But I cosplay. Oh. I mean, obviously, I cosplay. My um, my mom taught me how to make costumes when I was about four years old, which is like slave labor, like some kind of like sweatshop work. But um, <laughs> no, but she's a seamstress, so she taught me how to sew. Yeah. Wow. So it's so something that it, it's awesome how your mother uh, ended up uh, kind of uh, giving you the the gift of cosplay because you not only cosplay but you make your own costumes, which is uh, so I know a lot of cosplayers that don't do that. <laughs> they have other people make which their own is costumes. Okay. So. I think that's fine too. But mm-hmm. I, you know, it's just fun. I mean, like as a gunpla builder, uh, as you guys are, mm-hmm. um, it's just really fun. 
actually knowing how things work. And I think that applies to uh, us as kids taking apart our robots or toys. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the same thing with cosplay. You kind of figure out how to make something out of nothing. That's true. That's yeah. true. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's a great way to put it. I didn't even think of it like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How, how long have you been uh, doing professional cosplay? Um, I've been, which is really funny. I, I think it's, it's actually um, a really odd thing to say, a professional cosplayer. So mm -hmm. I always called myself a, a professional jester because I feel <laughs> like that, you know? Like, I literally feel like, hey, I made this and I'm walking around in it. So it's kind of as hardcore as I want to seem like. It's really just all fun. And I've been doing it for about, uh, professionally, I guess, 2009? Oh, nice. 2008? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, as in like, uh, as a hobby, about 15 years. So, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I have a few questions. Uh, I have some my own questions, and then I have a few questions from a very close friend of mine named uh, Rachel, and Rachel. Sh she is uh, she's a part of the uh, the S I think it's the SGA, the uh, like uh, medieval reenactment uh, uh, S the a, uh, uh, something of anachronism or something like that. I can't remember what it's called, uh. <laughs> but uh, she does the um, medieval outfits, and she also does uh, nice. she's attempting to do like professional looking cosplay, and Ooh. so she sent me a couple of questions that she wanted to ask you. Yes. Um, one that she said was the most important one I think she wanted to know was uh, being a female cosplayer in a fandom dominated mostly by males, do you face any discrimination or any un unwanted attention? Well, the thing is, I, I, I'm usually and, generally very honest about this stuff. Um, yeah. it, it's not that hard for me to proclaim my uh, my love for the things I, I do because I honestly, that's my life. I don't know any other way to live, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I'm not home, then I'm at the Gunpla store here near my mm -hmm. house and I'm hanging out with the guys there. And if I'm not hanging out with those guys at home, my friends, that's all we talk about. You know, like my it's just that's that's my life. So I don't know any other way to talk or live, mm -hmm. which is kind of weird to most people. But I think it's normal because it's just like it's not that hard for me to talk about it. And of course, I do get some kind of like people online telling me, hey, you're not legit because you don't look like and I'm like, you don't look like what? A gunpla builder? That's oh. just like, yeah. how are you supposed to look? <laughs> you, don't, you don't look a 35 year old neck beard is what you don't yeah. look like. So. Supposed to have Char's like helmet on, you know, the whole time, and be like, I I build Gundam. Like, come on, like it's really, I really, I, I don't ignore it, but I also think it's up to you to take that and you know, just make sure you don't. It doesn't bother you because it's your life. You you live your life every day, and you know what you do. So those comments generally don't bother me at all, uh -huh. ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all does right. that answer the question? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, she, yeah. she just basically, the uh, next part of the question was, how do you handle those situations? And just like, just don't just let it fall off your shoulders. Just don't even really worry about it. I, yeah, I, I don't usually let it bother me because I just do the same thing every day anyway. So it's like, oh, you don't think so? Well, you can, that's fine. Because if you meet me, then that's, that's what I am. So, you know. What's the best? Oh, it's best to, it's, it's best to be you than be you know I guess the word here be fake you know it's best to be just who you <laughs> truly are and and but I mean I could tell just by looking at through your Twitter and and your other social media places that you know you really do have a passion for Gundam and Mecha and anime and everything oh, that you're yes. not just I mean, jumping on a bandwagon. So I was, can't because I just feel like you know as a child that's what I grew up with. I mean we didn't really have heroes during the time we had heroes but they were mechanical you know. Uh, yeah. 
on, uh, oh, yeah. you know, super like majestic creatures and they're definitely not real, you know, but into, in our minds as children, they were freaking real. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is totally real. So I, I don't know any other way to think. So it's like, you know, yeah, just be yourself. I, I definitely think that if people like as a woman, it's hard, but eh, it, only if you let it bother you. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, uh, I'm just curious. What's what's the name of the model shop that you go to? Oh, <laughs> I go to Tattoo Hobby. Tattoo Hobby. The- oh my god. <laughs> I've heard yeah. of them. That's awesome. Yeah, I go to Tattoo Hobby. I just uh, moved to a new area, so I was like, dude, I really want to find one that's near my house. Mm-hmm. But I also love uh, Robots for Less in SoCal. Oh yeah. And um, they have really amazing deals, and of course. Um, I always go online, but then I try to support the small businesses as much as possible. That's always an awesome thing to do. I, I try to do that myself. Uh, we used to have uh, uh, hobby stores around here. We still kind of do, but not as prominent as they used as there used to be over. I, I'm in Orlando, Florida, so uh, oh. this seems to be big here, but it, it kind of died down. But um, when they were around, I tried to support them as much as I could too. So shout out to you for doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to have love for them because when you're you know, looking for some friends to uh, ask some questions about modding your <laughs> Gundams and stuff. It's great to just go there and be like, hey, I have this problem. And they'll tell you right away. So it's pretty cool. Sounds like a really- gra- it sounds like a great place to exchange ideas, too. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. That's why I love the community so much. Awesome. Yeah. Back well, you uh, I, okay. Uh, you had recently done. <laughs> you'd recently had done a, a collaboration video with D Pity, the guy who does a lot of um, uh, yeah. Deadpool cosplay, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was it was the uh, the parody uh, for for cosplay. And during your segment, you were dressed up as Yoon from Gotcha Man. Yes. My question. My question was, where is that room you were in that had all of that awesome stuff in the Ooh. background? Is that like your like back bedroom or something, or is that like I a wish. what is that you know, place? I wish. I wish. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, there are these guys in LA and they go by um, Army of Snipers and they're very close to me. Ooh. That is their house full of toys because they are toy makers. Oh. So they make toys, uh, they're artists, they do gallery shows and those are people I usually hang out with because that's what we do usually. Like we just like, check out toys and they cast a bunch of resin and I was like, you know what? D-Pity was like, hey, can we use that room? And I was like, hell yeah. There's a Mazinger in here, right? So yeah. Oh, like Yeah, there's a, like, like a a human sized Mazinger sitting there in the background. I'm just like, yeah. well, I, I want it. <laughs> I want it too, but it's not mine. I wish. I really wish. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Um, uh, next question from uh, from my friend again. She she wants to know what is your opinion on any type of photoshopping of your of your photos uh, after mm-hmm. a shoot. Well, the thing is, uh, there's no such thing as red moons. Let's get this <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Not anybody that's done my pictures. Um, I love working with Longbow. He's one of my like favorite people to work with. Um, he actually worked on HD Remix uh, for yes. Street Fighter, and he's amazing. And he worked on the Robotech comics, and he's my really close, super close. But the thing is, when I first started doing photo shoots, uh, we did not know any other way because we did it in the garage. We literally did the photo shoots in a garage, mm-hmm. and I was like, "How are we going to make this believable?" Um, <laughs> We're not going to go anywhere far, so let's just Photoshop the background. Um, and the model kit in my uh, Ray Ayanami uh, print or a picture is actually a real model kit that we built. Oh. So um, we try to add elements that were real, but of course it's highly Photoshopped. Um, nowadays, I try to stray away from it, but back then, we were just having fun. 
and we wanted to be believable, but sometimes we kind of went overboard on the moons. But um, <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do apologize. I, I forgot to add in an extra uh, uh, detail into that question that would have made more sense. Oh, uh, yes. When I was talking to her, she had brought up how uh, one of Yaya Han's uh, cosplays where she was playing a character from, uh, I think, Triple X uh, Holic. And, uh-huh. you know, where she's a bit of a bustier woman, she had a corset on that would by itself not work. And so she had to have these, like, plastic and see-through bra straps put across her chest to hold everything oh. together. But then all that was Photoshopped out. So I guess she's talking about, like, your a physical body being Photoshopped or do you just keep everything as oh. is and then put a red moon in the background later? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I have to have that red moon in all my pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three vampy moon. How do I feel about that? It's up to them. The thing is, like, a lot of people are going to alter their pictures. And, of course, skin texture is one of them. Um, I don't think it's wrong. I have freckles. And, cos- like, I'm fine with having freckles in my pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cosplay in general, like, if you want to be super, super like um, like the anime, then they're going to airbrush that out. That's right. kind of natural. That's kind of normal. And it's um, kind of not a bad thing. It's like if someone has wrinkles, they're going to airbrush that out. But if you're talking about the actual costume, I've, I, for one, don't really like um, do that. So it's okay if someone else does it. I, for one, just I don't know. Like I just think that like if someone's going to airbrush a picture um, or change and alter like a costume, it's up to them. I mean, if they want to. And whoever looks at the picture can judge it. I mean, everyone's going to judge pictures anyway. Um, and it's really, I, for my opinion, I just, I'm not against it. I kind of like mind my own, my own business. If she wants to do that, that's fine. You know, and if I want to do it, that's fine too. But generally, like for my Gundam, I definitely did not. Hmm. You know? Okay, good. I'm glad you don't Photoshop the Gundam. <laughs> no, no, no. Like testing me. Like, you know, so, um, but yeah, like if it's a clear bra strap, why not? It's, you know, it's just a clear bra strap, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't think that's bad. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. One last question from, uh, from my little pool over here and then I'll drop, I'll throw it over to a uh, soul bro for, for a little bit. Oh, um, yes. you had recently, or you, you do travel to Japan, uh, decently often. Cause I mean, it seems like you have a lot of photos from over in Japan. Uh, tell us about what it was like staying at the Gundam hotel, seeing the one, one Gundam and, uh, eating at the Gundam cafes. Okay. So, uh, well, every time I go to Japan, I make sure I go visit my boyfriend, RX. 78 and if it was anyways but um we'll probably talk about that later but um yeah it's always really fun the the hotel itself i have to say um i'm not knocking it i'm just saying like if it's a cheaper room which we did get the cheaper room which mm-hmm. is like 300 dollars, it was pretty expensive um the gawk grade room <laughs> just got the you know it just comes with a tissue box that's rx78 and you know zaku like things but it wasn't the actual like I, I think the other room has some kind of a like a cockpit or something mm-hmm. i'm not sure but it was pretty you awesome. an actual gundam <laughs> yeah, and actually seeing the 101 scale gundam was a dream of course um i wanted to cry because i just stood there wow. and of course anyone have you guys gone no, no. Um, uh, the the mention the, the friend that I mentioned before uh, before we started recording, Nick the Stampede. He and his wife actually went to Odaiba and uh, visited it and took pictures and all that stuff. And he it's, was he was mind blown. 
uh, how cool it's, it was. It's beautiful. Like I was like, who did this paint job? I was like, who did this, <laughs> who did this panel lining for this? I was like, this is amazing. Did no, you, but it's just the shoes on him. I was like, wow, beautiful. Did you hear the news that they're going to try to make it move by, uh, yeah. by yes. 2019 or something? The thing is, they're going to make a second one, aren't they? Oh, I guess that's it. I guess that's I've, it. I've, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard either they're going to make a second Gundam or they're going to finally make a Zaku that goes, or Zaku that goes with it. I think the thing is, there's talk, but I think that of course they're going to do a Zaku, hopefully a Char. Mm-hmm. But I just think that like you know they're going to do something that's other than you know the like of course they're going to do some Federation stuff, but we'll get into that later, oh. sometime. <laughs> yes. Anyways, those <laughs> <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so yeah it was amazing i mean i also went to um what's it called uh fujiland q where, where they had the the gundam game yes and, yeah so that was amazing too and we had to run around and it was pretty crazy and then of course um in odaiba they have the strike um in the museum that you can be in the cockpit and take a picture. So I also did that. And that was pretty oh, cool. I had no idea about that. Yeah. They actually have like a, a, a the strike Gundam? Like, uh, like how big? Yeah. What, do you know what the scale uh, of it is? It's one, I think it's one on one scale, like, but it's only half the body. Oh, what? So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that shows you how much love it got. It only got an upper torso. Oh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> the rest of it got destroyed in battle and they didn't decide to repair it. <laughs> Come on, man. Jesus Yamato deserves better. I'm just- <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's sad. It was huge, though, so I'm not too sure. I do have to ask just one more quick question, then I will throw it over the Sobro. I promise I won't Sobro the whole interview. Oh, you bastard. Uh, What is your favorite, like, out of all the Gundam series that you've watched, which one is is your is your favorite uh, oh, physical? Me- okay, so like besides all the whiny pilots and oh. everything, I have to say I started with Wing Gundam Wing, and oh. I my favorite has to be Zeta. Yes. Okay. All yeah. right. Yes. That's yep. mine too. <laughs> yes. Right. It's awesome. Oh wow! You have to say that one. But I mean, like Wing. I started out with Wing, but I, it's not my favorite because. It's just the pilots were really whiny. I was just like, really? <laughs> we have a friend of the podcast that has recently marathoned through Wing after never seeing it back when it was in its heyday. Mm-hmm. And, right. after, and afterwards, he is, his conclusion is just, eh. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like all these people are like, you love Wing? I'm like, Death Scythe, yeah. You know? <laughs> he was cool. He had that you know green Scythe thing, but like the pilots just killed me. So, yeah, that's the truth. That's yeah, awesome. I had to say, yeah. All right, so Robert, you can go ahead. Well, you answered several of my questions with that, with that, with that statement right there. So that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so hey. far, I, I guess my first question, staying on the line of Gundam, uh, what's been your favorite Gundam character to cosplay? Um, it definitely has to be Haman. I um, knew it. I knew. I knew. It. She's so awesome. <laughs> She's awesome, and that hair defies gravity. Yes. Like you know, <laughs> you know so awkward and those bangs. Mm-hmm. I love her. Yeah. yeah she- She's amazing. I've I love her. S- I've seen you dress as her in the um, in her, her her outfit from Zeta. But have you ever, ever done her double Zeta outfit as well? No, I haven't. Oh, and I man, she started on it. Um, and I haven't finished it yet. But then um, that's like leaked news. But it doesn't really matter. I'm mm-hmm. gonna make it anyway. Oh, um, but now I'm just thinking about making all the Gundam suits. Like really, like I just want to make more armor. To be honest. So I, I know uh, dressing up as the Zeta, but I guess you do Mecha Musume basically for your for your cosplay yes. basically. Yes. So it would be awesome to see you do do the Zeta or even the uh, the um, the Mark II even. 
I would say. Uh, oh, man, that would be insane. Uh, I'd yeah. love to see you in the Mark II because I've always liked the um, kind of like where it was the first time it was like a lot more looser looking armor around the edges and things like that. I think that would right. look good as, as a cosplay. That would look well, awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Usually I don't take suggestions, but, you know, like that was that would be kind of like some something fun to uh, try out in my head. Uh, it, it, uh, here's another suggestion you could throw away. Um, if there's a character to <laughs> cosplay, um, aside from Haman, my favorite character in uh, Zeta is uh, Emma Sheen, by far. Oh, yes. And um, have, have you ever ever considered uh, cosplaying as her at all? You know, I have to say that my mind is set on just doing Haman stuff, but then maybe. <laughs> but honestly, like, um, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking about armor right now. I think that's what I'm, like, set on. Absolutely. Like, I'm so in love with armor right now. So, yeah. Not bad, not bad. If anything, yeah. I, if if the uh, if the unicorn is any example, then uh, I look forward to what else you uh, what you what else you have in mind for building for our, our Mecha Musume cosplay. That's going to look yeah. really cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, speaking of going to Japan, how was um? You ever been to Cosmicat or any of the cosplay events over there? And how are yes. they in comparison to American events? Okay, so um, depends on AX, for example, mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite anime conventions. Um, they that convention is getting bigger uh, every year because it's the uh, number one, I think, in North America. Oh, so yeah. um, it's pretty awesome. And um, Comic Cat, like almost honestly, it's just like you won't have any arm space, um, and it's insane. You can't really compare it to any convention um, because of the um, vast amount of people that are like oceans of people <laughs> swimming through each other and it's crazy um for for example i probably wouldn't cosplay any gundam characters there unless it's just like fabric yeah, because yeah. i'm scared of it getting messed up oh, wow. and also the heat is pretty crazy that's depending on when you go that's I what guess. i hear um is comic cat the one that's at uh the tokyo game show or is that a different one a different one yes yeah, because uh, uh, the the same friends I mentioned earlier, they went to the Tokyo Game Show and they saw all the cosplay and whatnot going on, and they right. had mentioned how hot it was, and it's like that yes. is not the ideal environment to cosplay. <laughs> nope, but I still did it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, it was pretty crazy, but um, yeah, it was it, it's interesting what cosplayers endure. It's mm -hmm. uh, we kind of put ourselves through hell uh, just for fun, I guess. I don't know. Absolutely. For the five minutes, yeah. Well, um. I, speaking of uh, conventions, how many conventions would you say that you find yourself visiting over the course of one year? Oh man, uh, so <laughs> I back quite <laughs> I cut back, back quite a bit actually. Um, I used to do three a month. Oh wow! Um, wow! I know. I was thinking like maybe one a month or one every couple of months, but man, yeah, so, oh, now wow, I okay. actually do one or two a month. Um, maximum probably two. I just think that like I'm getting more focused on my dream cosplays because. I really want to start checking off the list. I think every cosplayer has a checkoff list of their dream cosplays. And it's in my cell phone right now. I um, could probably list some, but that's generally what we do. Like as cosplayers, we're like, okay, so if I get this good, someday I can do this. So like skill, for example, I was like, finally, I can, I've been wanting to do a Gundam for like six years. Mm -hmm. And I was like, finally had enough skill that I could do it. Um, I wouldn't try to do something that I didn't. I didn't think I could succeed in because of time. Right, and it's expensive too. So, yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Have you Have you attempted the perfect grade yet, or are you just sticking with master grades? Or uh... oh no, uh, yeah, I have some perfect grades. I just right now I'm doing SDs because I travel quite a bit. So um, I've been doing like a, a bunch of the new uh, unicorn, the unicorn kits, the banshee. I just did a. Um, 
I'm looking at, like in my desk right now. <laughs> I'm doing a, yeah, so I'm doing, doing a bunch of SDs right now because um, of time. But I always had to squeeze in a kit because I just have that need sometimes to build. So, yeah. It's a great hobby. I'll definitely tell you that. I need to do it more often. I'm sitting on a, uh, a uh, Valkyrie right now to build. So. <laughs> I need to bust out the tweezers and get to work. <laughs> I've always I've always equated it to those people that would have like little bonsai trees and they would just yes. listen to you know like like monk groans in the background and snip away at things the same way as like snipping on a little you know runner and putting together a Gundam but it you is know so it's, sim- it's it's very calming and relaxing and zen you know yeah. <laughs> people make it like it's so complicated and it's not their directions are right there and it's like honestly a time for yourself to really focus on one little thing like a sprue uh, a little knot like nub that you had to sand off and it's just something to focus on other than i guess work or you know something stressful you know because it's just like our relaxation i think mm-hmm. and i think that it's not that nerdy no i don't think it's that nerdy no model building is is as old as as, yeah. as history itself people were building ships in bottles years ago so it's like <laughs> I, I would like to see someone build a gun in a bottle that'd be awesome <laughs> that'd be, that'd be awesome <laughs> Is that a challenge? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I've never seen it done. But now that I've spoken about it, I have to I have to check the internets and see uh, what yeah. I can find. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you um you uh, you you've worked with uh and modeled for several collectible companies like uh, Kota Kabuya and Sideshow yeah. Collectibles. Um, any particular characters have been designed or modeled after you, so we know which ones to to scoop up first. Um, I actually work with uh, my friend Tim, and he works for DC now. Oh, um, oh. I but we actually collaborated on a uh, Zombie Girl, and he um, he worked for a Sideshow previously, and pretty much it was that figure that we it was on my blog, but it's a long time ago. It was probably 2012 when it came out, and um, I generally like to make up characters uh, if I'm doing any kind of figure work. Mm-hmm. But for Kotobukiya, no, I usually they usually tell me, hey. I think you can do this costume well um, before they come out with the toy. Mm-hmm. And then I try to replicate as as easily as I, I mean, um, as well as I can. And then I obviously come up with the photo shoot and all that stuff. But generally, it's stuff I like anyways, Marvel. So I also grew up with that too. So like anything that's Psylocke is generally what I'm... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, so... Yeah. yeah. That Betsy Braddock. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But it has to be Jim Lee, you know? Like, yes, I want yes. that one. Yes, so... Um, but now I just do all the Psylocke's because I, I just love her. But, um, yeah, yeah. Too bad Jim works for the enemy now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's still... To that. Uh, <laughs> he still rocks regardless. Even if he's, he draws a mean Batman, that's for sure. Oh, his line work is insane. Oh, my goodness. But um, also, um, this is a question from uh, the, my friend I keep mentioning, Nick the Stampede. He, uh, yeah. he says, uh, you've been featured in FHM Magazine. Are there yes. any other magazines you've been featured in or any reaching out to you at the moment? Um, I've been on uh, a couple of video game uh, Xbox, the magazine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've been featured a couple times there. And I would say... I think I've been on, gosh, it's been a long time, uh, Bazaar Magazine. They're kind of alternative. Mm -hmm. I used to do a lot of alternative, like, rocker stuff. So, because I listen to metal. So, yeah, it's very typical of me to do that. And, um, yeah, just like a lot of, uh, like, Otakul. Have you heard of Otakul, too? I have, actually. Yes. Yeah, so I was featured there uh, in their book with uh, Danny Chu. Um, And, yeah. 
I think that the re- most recent one was FHM. So yeah, which is really odd because generally it's uh you know it's like that sexy stuff. And I was like, cool. Like I love that stuff. Obviously, I I mean it's okay to be a woman and love your like what you're you're all about. Sometimes you know it's not. Some people try to make being a woman like don't be like sexy. You have to be hardcore all the time. No, no, no way. I mean, Haman's awesome as hell. It was piece of skin. Oh, she's gangster so hell. She's, she's crazy. <laughs> exactly. There are time. There's time for the high heels and dresses, and then there's time for the spikes, chains, and machine guns. You know, yeah, every exactly. everything has its place. Exactly. I think that's sexy too. So it's it's fine. And I think that like for them to actually ask me to be part of that magazine, I was like, hell yeah! And I'm gonna wear a gloomy bear hat, and they're like, fine, that's cool too. I'm all right. Because I was like, I don't want to be like you know not me. Mm-hmm. So then I told them I have to wear a hat. So they that happened. So yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's interesting. It's a little weird still, but you know, it's fun. Well, I, I hope for more coverage in the uh, to come, and, uh, and 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 this hope this uh, podcast helps to lead towards that too. Um, yes. uh, what character has been your greatest challenge to cosplay so far? Definitely unicorn. That's why I'm here. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <Thank> you guys, because <laughs> you know, like I really respect the gunpla community mm-hmm. so much that. I I had to do it right. If even if I messed up a little bit, I had to get every minute detail because, you know, if I didn't have the decals on there, someone's gonna rat on me, and I would rat on myself too. Oh, so absolutely. it's like, you know, it's like, hey man, where are your decals? I'm like, oh, can't wear this, you know. So <laughs> it was really hard, and I wanted to kill myself many times, but you know what? I I just I think the power from the community helped me uh, get through the endless nights of not not sleeping or you know just stress and stuff. So, God, thank you guys. Oh, you're Very welcome. Much. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I followed your Instagram uh, right when I saw your first like you had your uh, I think it was just your your front uh, leg panels with the opened red uh, paneling yeah. underneath it. And I saw that and I was like, oh, she's gonna be unicorn. <laughs> I followed after that. You know, that's my first like project. I've never made one before, but hopefully I can um, continue with the support from everyone because. Because I can't do it alone because I like to go on Twitter and talk to everyone about, um, you know, like Gundam and stuff. And it keeps me motivated. So I got a lot to thank from all the Gunpla peoples. So, yeah, well, I'm going to be I'm going to be re- I'm going to be building my uh, real grade Gundam Mark II. And I think I have a armored core unit that I'll be building soon. So I'll send you my uh, pictures on Twitter of my uh, process. Yes, along. I would see that. I've you never. I've, too. Huh? Well, you're crazy too. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> We're all crazy. All certifiable. Yes. <laughs> when, when this when this episode comes out, listen to the very beginning segment. Yeah, you'll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely will. But I've got two more questions. Um, I, I, you, um, you cosplay as a lot of fighting game characters, like uh, Morgan Ainsland from uh, Darkstalkers. Yes. And uh, I guess we could consider Psylocke a fighting game character, too, thanks to the Marvel right. series. Oh, yeah. Um, right. Do you play any fighting games in particular? Yes. Um, so since I was growing up in the 90s, uh, oh, you yeah. know, like 80s, I was born in the 80s, but growing, like, you know, playing games a lot in the 90s with um, the popularity of Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct and stuff like that. Those were the games that made me, like, go crazy and competitive with my friends. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, like, especially Killer Instinct. Like, when they first, when Killer Instinct first came out, we're like, what Mm -hmm. are these insane graphics? (laughs) (laughs) Because it was pretty crazy, right? Mm -hmm. They looked 
realistic. And um, yeah, I play a lot of fight games and I try to cosplay things that I know. So if I did not know anything about certain characters, then I definitely would not try. Because it wouldn't mean anything. Why am I taking all this time to make these costumes about characters that are, you know, that's, that's not my history. So I, I think majority of my cosplays reflect what I really love, which is like fight games. Because that's what I grew up with. Absolutely. I, I came up in the 90s, too. Uh, I, yeah. I guess we both know what arcades are. That's a dying breed. <laughs> I know. Plus, you should bring roll of quarters, guys. Okay. Plus, but, you know. I'm jealous of you because you live near Super Arcade where they have tournaments all the damn time. So it's like, man, <laughs> I'm on the wrong coast. But, <laughs> but you should visit sometime. I mean. I, I've been to San, San Diego two times for, uh, no, sorry, three times for Comic-Con. So um, mm. other than that, though, I never had the chance to go to an arcade there. And oh, I, I, I've never been in L.A. longer than it took to stay at the airport for a transfer. So um, You have to let me know because we will take you out to this arcade that we go to. And they have, yeah, it's a barcade. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Barcade. I'm not sure. It's in LA. And quite a bit, bit of people go there and they're old school Street Fighter fans and they play. And it's like the old times. It's like, it's awesome. Right on. So that'll, let that, me know. That'll, that'll be the first time we see Sobro openly cry on camera. He'd <laughs> 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 be like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fighting game fan. Uh, you can probably tell from my name, Sobro Ryu, but uh, I yeah. play fighting games all the time. We stream them, and um, it's, 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 it's my, my, one of my biggest passions next to Gundam. So uh, uh, I, it's, uh, it's cool to talk to another a fellow fighting game fan and a fellow uh, a Gundam fan as well. It's, it's really cool. So much fun. Like, I'm, yeah, my head's about to blow up. Oh, right my now. God. <laughs> oh, my God, help me. No, I love it. Yeah. My last question for you is, uh, what is the Super Bowl for cosplay? Like, what convention would you consider being the best place to go for cosplay? Is it Comic-Con, or would it be a, a, a answer that most people wouldn't even... Uh, uh, well, mm-hmm. Depends on if you like anime or comics, but now it's merging a lot. I noticed that a lot of cosplay, um, I generally stick to, uh, like, for for me, if it's, like, anime-centric, then I would go with, of course, anime. Comic-cons, I generally wear my comic book cosplay um, or video game or something like that. But now people are actually just being themselves and wearing whatever. And I think the Super Bowl of cosplay conventions now is definitely Dragon Con. Um, it's oh, been. Oh. My wife's about yeah. to go to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we- Dragon Con is the place. And um, I have to say, sadly, I've never been. Oh, um, but I use either Dragon Con as one of the... I think it's like the fun con for people. But if you're talking about like to be seen, definitely Comic Con. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, that's the Super Bowl. Yeah, those two places. I would not expect Dragon Con to be at it. That, that's that's right in my neck of the woods. It's pretty much up uh, up the state. But uh, yeah, my wife and uh, uh, our our friend they're both going uh, in. I think a week. Um, and uh, I will let them know that uh, they you you uh, you you also consider that to be the super one of the the great places for cosplay. Oh, they're both cosplaying. All my friends are going there, and everyone just tells me the same stories. That it's like just like a Disneyland of like costumers, and just everyone's so sweet and nice and fun, and it's just a bunch of fun for people to like be themselves and share tips and tricks and stuff like that. Comic Con has become more like a, you know, it's like Hollywood, yeah. you know, the glitz and glam of stuff. So it kind of takes the fun out of uh, cosplaying for some. So, but I still love it. I just think that Dragon Con might be the one, the one place that people have to go to um, if they cosplay. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, yes. Eric, Eric, back to you, sir. 
Okay, um, I'll ask two really quick questions before yes. we uh, we head out. Um, one this question I want to know is what material did you actually make the unicorn out of? Okay, so definitely I I love sharing this information. Um, I definitely used uh, Sintra. So it's a – have you guys heard of Sintra? Let's, like have you guys ever – Heard that term, like the word Sintra? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. Uh. Okay, so it's pretty much signboard. You go to a sign shop and they sell this material. It's Sintra. It's amazing. It's cheap. Um, a lot of costumers like to use Warbla. I, for one, don't like to spend that much money on my costumes, but I would like it to make it um, make them look as expensive as possible. So yeah, that, I, That's the trick. Yeah. It seems like the more expensive you make your cosplay look, the better people seem to like it. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, you don't have to spend a lot of money. Um, and uh, Sintra is one of my favorite things. And um, instead of painting it, you can definitely use uh, sign tape. So it's pretty much that sticky, that like sticker on top of it. Oh, nice. That's what I did. But I use a razor for each angle and uh, measuring three times definitely works, not twice, three times for a Gundam. So yeah. That's pretty badass. So you should have a you should have a DIY show uh, <laughs> for, for building yeah, cosplay. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean if you'll have me back sometime, maybe I can we can talk about materials or something. Oh of so, course. Yes. We would definitely yeah. love that. I I would I get I, the I to have you back on the show would be an honor. Yeah. Oh no no. You guys. <laughs> oh taking my year, seriously. Because I've been wanting to talk about Gundam, but no one talks to me about it. Oh, they God. just talk about like other things and I'm just sad. But yes, I'm very happy now. Very, oh. very happy. I'm glad we could be that outlet. Back to you, Eric. That's fine. Uh, we will definitely have you back on again. Um, we love having you on here where uh, they're trying their best to expand out with new guests and uh, segments and things like that. So having you on is a, is a complete pleasure. Um, I guess my last question would be um, on your Instagram and Twitter, you do post a lot of food pictures. Um, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm looking at your amazing cosplay and your photos yeah. and little trinkets and things. You're hugging a strike Gundam. You've got, you know, <laughs> you're dressed up as Skeletor and then, got like, it. you know, ramen and brisket, you know? So <laughs> yes, yes, I know. Well, the thing is, uh, another passion of mine is definitely food. So uh, without food, I will not survive or you will not survive either. So uh, it's definitely a passion. I love to share things like what I eat. And uh, I don't know. I like to watch other people's food pictures too. So, um, yeah, it's something I like. It's just like, uh, you know, fight games or whatever. I'm kind of a huge otaku. Um, so I'm obsessed with everything. So it's kind of scary, actually. Like, some people are Gundam otakus, and some people are, like, I'm, like, five different otakus. So it's kind of, like, kind of scary. What, what are you the five otaku of besides Okay, Gundam? so it's Gundam, definitely, because uh -huh. that's my life. And um, food, otaku. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, okay, uh, what else? Oh, there's too many. Metal otaku. Oh, yeah, and then, um, well, cosplay. I would say cosplay, but it's not really an otaku thing. Um, what else do I talk about all the time? I think it's just all model kits and all like mecha. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth one will probably be, um, it's, I don't know. Actually, maybe it's not five. It's four. Okay. I lied. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. This room for expansion. <laughs> uh, burger otaku. I know the same thing as <laughs> get that Get that Bernie special. Okay. So it's nice knowing you. That's, uh, that's the big thing I miss about California is In-N-Out Burger. I love that place. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, we, we have five guys over here, but uh, it's like, it, it, to me, that, that reminds me of In-N-Out. And it's like, I can't wait to have another In-N-Out Burger when I go back. So 
It's, it will be here for you. Oh and fight. Yes. And fighting games too. <laughs> yes. Well, I know that you are you're a very busy person, but I would personally like to invite you uh, every two every other Saturday we do a community uh, Gundam fighting game. You ever heard of EX versus uh, Gundam? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you have that game? Do you have that game? No, I don't. Oh, I okay. get it now. Well, you know what? If, like, if, I've been training for other games, so it's just like, yeah. Well, so. if at any point ever you pick it up, uh, I'm inviting you to our EX versus the Gundam Nation stream where we do uh, a live. Uh, th- these guys over here actually have the game. Oh, yeah. uh, play it in a room, and you can come out and be our guests and be a part of the chat and, and meet an entire community <laughs> of Gundam fans. I'd love to talk to you. They're our audience here on the podcast. And uh, if you're in the fighting game, Sobro, you can give her the details on uh, Shinjuku. Sure, you can. I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> I will tweet her the info. Yeah, we play uh, Gundam. Ex- uh, sorry, Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme versus Full Boost on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. It's, it's only available import right now, but uh, we come together every two weeks. We get in all sorts of mecha uh, centric conversations, and it's a fun time for all. So if you ever do get the game, please, it'd be it'd be awesome to have you. On I board. would love to. Oh. I know what game I'm buying right away because yeah. I I have to like stay home to play, but I I will be back in I think two weeks. So maybe you'll see me there. Heck yes. If anything, then uh, I look forward to it. And uh, Eric, any any other thoughts before we uh, before we close I, this out? I, I have an entire page worth of other questions I want to ask her, but I know that we're on a little bit of a schedule, so I'll save them for the next time that she comes onto the show uh, when she returns in a, n- next time. Well, to be continued on that, I would like I would like to uh, ask one last question. Really, any projects you have any wor- in the works that you can talk about, or anything you wanted to promote before? We yes, mm-hmm. um, I do. Um, the thing is, I, I am working on another Gundam cosplay. and um it's definitely zeon Mm -hmm. so yeah that's all i could say it's red oh oh oh, oh, man the the (laughs) anticipation it's red (laughs) okay this is kind of like duh of course but anyway it's secrets (laughs) (laughs) i post it with food next time so (laughs) (laughs) you putting the helmet on with like a thing of ramen (laughs) ramen and fries for the hell of it. So All at the I'll, same time. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Now shout out to you guys for sure. <laughs> well, de- everybody definitely keep up with Vampy Bit Me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Vampy Bit Me. Uh, on Facebook, your your Facebook page is also facebook.com slash Vampy Bit Me. Yeah, I try to right? make it pretty simple for everyone. I mean, I'm also lazy about it, so Vampy Bit Me for all the things. Yes. Keeping it all uniform. Yes. And, and you also have a main website, which is vampybitme.com. Is that right? Yes, uh, vampybit.me. But then I really go on it now. So just go on Instagram. It's easier for me to talk to everyone. Oh, okay. um, the features are really easy. Or Twitter. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, real quick, uh, tell us about uh, Fiend or Foe. Fiend or Foe. Okay, so uh, I started not liking some of the anime shirts that were out oh. um, that were all a multicolored pastel. Mm. And um, I, I'm more of a metal girl, so I kind of wanted to have some clothes I could actually wear out that mm. didn't make me feel like, I'm on otaku stare at me you know like you know i love you know like otaku things judge me Uh, you know i kind of wanted to be in i always wear black so i try to design things that were influenced by my favorite things so you probably see a skeleton in some of the outfit i mean some of the designs and they're in a cockpit so it's kind of like that it's just like i just have fun with the designs and um fiend is my company um i just sell shirts backpacks and you know just regular stuff people just wear or whatever but it's mainly black and white so where, yeah where can we find that on the internet is it fiendorfo.com yeah so fiendorfo.bigcartel uh, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah i have a bunch of hats there and um i just 
do it every, you know, do new design every three months just for fun. So, yeah. They are badass looking. It looks like Metallica had a had a baby with, uh, you know, Totoro and, like, these yeah. shirts and, like... I, that's what I was going for! <laughs> The fact that you have a the fact you have a berserk photo with guts holding Griffith's like decapitated head like I oh yes yep yep no. uh, the thing is I was never a fan of Griffith so well that's another show that's <laughs> that guy wears eyeliner I'm like hey man. <laughs> <laughs> I wear eyeliner you no, I'm just I'm being sexist but anyway no I should <laughs> well you def- <laughs> you definitely made this show I I've got to say and. Uh, I, I am. I thank you so much for taking time to sit down for this interview here on uh, Gundam at MAHQ. We'll be right back on Gundam at MAHQ in just a moment. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. This is Stephanie Shea, and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against... Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name, Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny. You shouldn't blame me. This is mankind's dream, mankind's desire, mankind's destiny. Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool. I can't stand the silent treatment, Ibuki. Come on, I said I was sorry. Uh, Kagi, will you please just shut up? Ayama, you tell her. I didn't mean to say she wasn't dating. Things just pop out of my mouth sometimes. Besides, what does my opinion matter, right? I'm just a moron. Call me a moron, Ayama, please. No, really, Akagi, it's okay. You're just saying what you think, and what you think is that I'm undateable. Just some loser girl alone every night. I never said that. But that's what you were thinking. That's why it popped out of your mouth, right? I don't know, maybe. So, you Hey, you called me a maniac, remember? Yes, because what kind of man in his mid-twenties spends half his paycheck on toys? What? They're not toys. They're richly detailed model robots, and I They're love them. They're toys! Oh, yeah? Well, at least I have something to love. You wouldn't know love if it came I up and you on the... Shut up. Can you hear all this? You heard all of that? Oh, please, no! Start talking and talk fast, you lousy bum! We've been frantically trying to reach you, dude. Where is my goddamn money, you bum? Well, we... I, 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 I don't... They did not receive the money, you nitwit! They did not receive the money! Her life was in your hands! 
This is our concern, dude. No, man, nothing is here. Nothing is No, man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain! All right, everyone, welcome back. And unfortunately, uh, Chris Bourne's not going to be joining us on this one. Some things had happened, and he had to be called away unexpectedly. So I guess maybe Chris uh, came home and uh, found out somebody was in his house. So he broke, he broke out of his he broke out of his underground prison and something and put the sword to him. <laughs> Just something, something like that happened. So they had to mute their mic because all the noise that we're making with the fighting. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, so, uh, but it's just going to be me and Solbro on this one, and and uh, it's, that'll get us into our next uh, listener submitted topic here. And this is a pretty good one here. It's uh, and unfortunately Chris isn't here, but I'm sure he'll be here in spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from the Suspicious Red Lamp, and it says every single main character. Uh, Every single main characters of the Gundam franchises are being replaced by you, meaning Chris, myself, and Solbro. How would you act? How would you do the same things that they did? Would you change from change some little things? Would you hook up with any particular female character or parentheses or guy if that's your kind of thing? Oh. And, yeah, so... <laughs> And he says here, he thought of it as a mailbag question, but he figured it would be too long. Actually, it's more of a perfect mailbag question, but we'll use it as a little topic. And uh, yeah, me and Soulbro are not going to go through every Gundam franchise because that is just kind of silly. But we just we just picked uh, two of our own that uh, we, we thought, and we'll just uh, go over some of the things, uh, how we'd, you know, if we change up how we'd act, uh, maybe do some different, change some other things. And if there was a particular female character that we'd uh, hook up with uh, outside of um, the main love interest. So, uh, Solbro, uh, what would be your first one? Well, my first selection is much as uh, most people would be able to predict, and that is none other than Mobile Suit Gundam Double O. And you would think that I would want to uh, replace uh, the lead of that show, uh, uh, Setsuna, but no, we're going to go right to the the heart of the matter. We're going to go to Saji Crossroad, and we're gonna, I'm going to step into his shoes and step it up in his case because uh he was supposed to meet it meet up with his potential and he did not for the most part but uh i would make sure that he would his potential or your projection of what his potential should have been? my projection of what his potential should have been and he should have been on his game you know in season one he was dealing with some serious shit you know his his girlfriend was giving him all sorts of shit and then his sister ended up getting shanked to death in an alleyway and he had to deal with the fallout of that. You know, it'd be step up, step upper lip time, man. He would have to, you know, be the man of the house and and also, you know, take care of uh, Louise and help her through her troubles, which uh, were going to be coming in full and fast once uh, once the whole wedding, uh, the bloody wedding, took place. <laughs> 
yeah, right. But more so in season two, when you have him like on the fence of joining Celestial Being, um, I know that he looked at him kind of like how we would look at Al Qaeda or some terrorist group in our modern day and time. But you know, they were doing everything they could to get him to understand what they were in it for and what they were doing, and he just wasn't getting it for the longest while until he cost a bunch of lives. I don't think it would take me long to get with the picture, honestly. I, I can understand that he was scared and whatnot, but when it comes down to it, um, he should have caught on a whole lot quicker, and I would try to be uh, someone who would be able to do that. Uh, besides, you know, they were giving him an opportunity to patch things up with Louise, too, by by being able to get in contact with her. You know, Setsuna was, you know, actually willing to say, hey, look, um, I know you're, uh, your girl is with the enemy, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'll do my best not to uh, to stop you guys from getting reunited. So, you know, and to know that Setsuna was a good friend, and the fact that, you know, they had known each other from way back would have been something that I would have, you know, been able to 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 work with. And uh, being his uh, being his caddy, I'd have been perfectly fine with that. But I would like to get a Gundam, and I'd rather see uh, a Saji, Saji Crossroad or myself being Saji Crossroad get one of the get one of the Gundams, even if it was a a Gundam with a fake GN drive. I'd take it <laughs> as long as I didn't get the well, GN cancer. Aren't you, aren't you supposed to think big on this, where it's just like mm-hmm. Saji mans up, he punches Setsna in the face, takes over the Axia, and, and the double O, the double o. Lo, later on, and then he just saves the day, and he ends up with not only Luis, but Sumeragi, too. I mean, That's isn't a- that really the way it's just the... the, the, the uh, the you know fulfillment of the king should have uh, happened. I mean, my you know, God, he is he is the personification of Space King Arthur, right? Now that you bring it up, Sumeragi would have been my goal the whole time. Forget Louise. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been macking that man. I'd have been macking that. Absolutely, it's like you know what? I think I'll be okay in Celestial Being, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna work real close and hard with uh with the old Captain Sumeragi to uh, to, to to curry her favor. Because yeah, mean, just just well, all you got to do is just bring her Jack Daniels. Woo! There you go, man. I'll be the. I'd have the liquor cabinet stocked. <laughs> as long as you have no problem being being the second man in her life, the Jack Daniels. I'm good. I'm good. I, I, there you I'll, go. I'll, 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 I'll be second fiddle to that. <laughs> she's a, she's a, she's like a busty, more attractive Dennis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Subaragi. But uh that's what I would do and of course uh, I would always have my folding chair at the side at my side just in case oh, I yeah. needed just in case. Well, you, you, you never know when there's going to be a ladders tables and chairs match that'll break out. <laughs> <laughs> it it would be golden and carved into it would be the word Excalibur. <laughs> when I'm not using it, I would put it into its stone. <laughs> Right. And use it when the time comes. But uh, back to you, Neo. What would be your first pick? Uh, well, of course, I would just start everything off with MSG, first Gundam. Oh, I would shit. just basically become Armora. And then as Bright tries to punch me, I block it and then do uh, the uh, five-finger death punch in him, explode <laughs> his heart. <laughs> then I will take over the white base. And I'll have them <laughs> soup up the Gundam, and I'll kick, uh, throw, uh, throw the kids out the airlock, especially cats. Oh, uh, Jesus. I will be macking on some Sela, and I will end up just ramming the white base into a Bawaku, uh, <laughs> yelling, this is freaking awesome, <laughs> as, I, as I launch in the Gundam. <laughs> And I would not get my I would not get my actions clouded by dumbass Lala, so uh, <laughs> I'd fight that urge. But uh, yeah, that's basically what I would do <laughs> in MSG. <laughs> and then once we win the battle, I go back down to Jabro and I uh, take uh, well. 
in, in this version, the Gundam survives. So mm-hmm. I take it back down to Jabro. Then I, I uh, wipe out the Joint Chiefs there, and I become ruler of the Federation. There you go. And I become Ar- Armoro the First of the of the uh, the Earth uh, Federale Kingdom. And you would establish the Titans. Yes. <laughs> I'd be the first, first Armoro, first of his name. I'll do the whole freaking Game of Thrones thing. Armoro, first of his name. King of the new types. Yo, internet, I want to see Photoshop material of that. I want to see him on the throne. Yeah, oh, pretty no. much. Armoro on the Iron Throne, man. Woo. Oh, my God. The bloody mess that would be. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Sailor by yeah. your side. And, 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 and you know what? Uh, I'd really take care of Zia, and I'd just nuke side three. Ooh. I just <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. makes this easy. Hey, they nuked us. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many sides they wiped out? What side five and just about all of like side four? Oh, I think God. something like that. I side mean, two, so, I think uh, what, what was it? What was during uh, Operation British? It was a uh, I, I know side side five got I think five it ends up being the Texas the Texas area and the, yeah. and the Shoal Zone and I think side two got it bad and I believe side four got it bad Ooh. so yeah because side seven was under construction side six became neutral, neutral and, and I can't remember what happened to side one but we'll find out in the next issue of uh, Gun of the, Gun the Origin. Origin oh hell yes yeah so uh, but yeah that, that that's exactly what I do so it ended up being Game of Thrones Gundam style with Armoro finally uh, realizing his potential there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome stuff. <laughs> Quite easy. <laughs> well, uh, I guess my next pick is uh, none other than uh, everybody's favorite pilot. You know him. You love him. Keo from Mobile Suit Gundam Age. This kid's going to need a lot so of generation, work. But Generation 3. Generation 3 of Gundam Age, yes. Yeah. I, would, I would take the burden of, pick, of, of taking Keo's uh, spot and he started out the series real cool man he was little marty mcfly-ish man his pops was like doc brown man i mean his grandpa was like doc brown uh you know but kill we need to go back to the future <laughs> or the battlefront but 1.21 uh, gigawatts <laughs> that's what ran his uh that's what ran the age three at the flux capacitor behind him exactly when it came down to it um he started out really cool even when he was piloting the h3 where he looked at it like a video game but you know there's a point in time where you realize that the war is not a game it's a real war and i kind of liked at first his standpoint i thought he was going to be more cautious about how he fought and uh you know yeah, only but, kill but, if he had to well what, what would you do with him who cares what like what you thought he was going to do what yeah. would you do if you were him how would you change this little bastard i wouldn't be bloodthirsty I wouldn't be bloodthirsty like like maybe Flit was, but I would definitely you know know that part of war it means that you're Vegas, gonna have to. They must die. Would mean <laughs> would mean you have to put people down like the Gerard Spriggan situation. Oh, I would, that that would ha- that's the only way, the only way that could go down is if she died because she was just there was no reasoning that with that. You had to put that dog down. I recently saw a movie, and for those who don't know, um, if you haven't seen it, How to Train Your Dragon Two. Uh, there's a similar si- situation in that movie. Uh, uh, uh what's the thing? Um. Hiccup starts out a lot like Keo is in Gundam Age. And his father keeps telling him, like, there's some men you just can't reason with. You just can't. And then there's the particular event in that movie where he, he thinks that he can talk the enemy down and say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and see if I can make peace with this guy. And then something happens and he realizes, my dad was right. I can't, I can't reason with some people. I've got to stand up to him and I've got to fight, even if that means death. There were so many moments in Age where Keo should have realized that. And if I was in his shoes, 
I would have known this. <laughs> it's, it's like, if you're, you're using the most advanced mobile suit in the fleet, you can make a difference. I'm going to try to make that difference. I'm going to do my best to build peace between our two races. But yeah, if I gotta, I've got to crack a few eggs on the way, it's going to get done. Uh, <laughs> if I was Keo at the point where he went to the, uh, to the, uh, the vegan's uh, colony and he met the sick girl and her brother... Granted, that would kind of endure me onto their cause, but at the same time, I, you know, wouldn't have given the uh, the keys to the damn uh, H3 to that maniac. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't give up your side's most advanced weapon system yeah. uh, just on a whim because some sick girl? Yeah, ex- exactly. It's like, uh, there's got to be something else that I could work out. But, you know, she, could, she wasn't going to live much longer anyway. She was just getting placebo. And he gave it up for placebo, so you know he got to be able to read between the lines, and that was something he didn't do. Uh, granted, he was young, and I'm 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 37 years old, so mentally I'd be a lot better better off than he was if I was in his shoes. But you know, at the same time, man, he he made some dumb mistakes and never tried to answer for them. You know, even 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 when right, Phil tried but, to take him to task. But once again, what would you do? I would I would step up. <laughs> <to> the, I, <laughs> Don't analyze what he did. What, oh my how would God! You make this different. I would. Uh, I would. I would definitely be more in Flit's corner, except for the whole. The only thing I would. I would not. I would do the blood exact is, same as Keo. Thicker, the thickest bond of all type of deal. Yeah, exactly. The only thing I would do in the in the same vein as Keo is I would try to stop Flit from nuking a whole colony, knowing that all those yeah. people um, are not evil and that he didn't he didn't see the whole picture. That's the one thing I would take away from my visit to the vegan colony. Other than that, yeah, if I'm fighting a war inside of an advanced mobile suit and people are trying to kill me, I'm sorry. Not the for vegan, you. vegan, uh, the vegan. <laughs> it wasn't it, just a bunch of people that didn't eat uh, uh, meat and. <laughs> It's just vegetables. It, I mean, it's been a while, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I would, I would definitely uh, um, be a bit more. I, I would say, I, I would definitely take action, more assertive, more assertive, m- more yeah. realistic. Yeah, exactly. It's like you just can't be see the bigger picture as a whole. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. I can't think of any woman that I would be appropriate to get with at that age. But uh, maybe the. The the chick that uh was was pretty much Keo's friend would definitely be my pick in that in that in that situation. But there you go, there you go. That would be uh that would be how I'd go through Gundam Gundam Age uh, series three. Well, I don't know how to follow up with that. But uh. <laughs> the best way I would do it is I'd have to be Shin Asuka from oh. uh, Gundam Sea Destiny. Well, that's another challenging uh, pair of shoes to step into. N- not really because. <laughs> uh, I would have really finished the job on the freedom to get cure out of my damn <laughs> take my damn show back. Oh then shit! I, then I then I would have went a little lone wolf and hunt down the archangel mm-hmm. and uh, kill all those dumb idiots. Oh no! And I probably would have uh, sat there and bitch slapped Atherin uh, <laughs> immediately when I met him. Be like, where the hell is this guy? I know you're not uh, whatever his name was, Dino. I forget what his last name was. Uh, but it's like, well, I, I know you're Atherin Zala and you used to be, you used to have nuts. Where do they go? And then I'd probably smack a few cents in the freaking dumbass Kigali. And then, uh, pretty much, um, well, I mean, he did end up, uh, he did end up all right. I mean, Luna Mari was a crap pilot, but I can understand why he got with her as a, uh, you know, a, a, as a girlfriend. But then when there's one Hawk sister, then there's two. Why not have two? Two's always better than one. Amen. So, I mean, and then, you know, hey, a little Captain Talia's on the little, little, little Milfy action, little stiff <laughs> action. Stiffless I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I, I would have changed that. So I would have taken back my show. Then I would have just went full throttle on like, hey, let's just kill these dumb blue cosmos idiots and, uh, you know, and make the clean break with Stella. Hey, our time was nice, but you got to go and uh, <laughs> take care of that. Bitch, you crazy. Then... <laughs> I would pull a Deadpool and I'd break the fourth wall mm-hmm. and I'd go into that uh, the Sunrise uh, writer's room and be like, what the F are you doing to my show? The first 13 <laughs> episodes are pretty damn good. Better than the previous show. But yet, now you want me to do a, a wedding thing and now it's stupid and we're going to have a full episode, like what, five or six episodes before the final episode devoted to a secondary character who means nothing and the only reason why she's there is because she jiggles? I mean, my God, what the hell are we doing here? This is ridiculous. Yes. And, you know, if we're going to be able to get an hour-long episode after um, the, the final episode of our original run, let's, let's, make it, uh, let's make it a little after story that's even more awesome and, quite frankly, more explosions. <laughs> more explosions. <laughs> yes. And more DT. I, Absolutely. I, 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 would, I would kidnap his one-armed ass and say, DT, you're a badass. You need to roll with me. Amen. Uh, Aisha, your, your, your old lady would love this. And you know what? DT would look at him with his one eye and be like, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, those, are, those archangel people were driving me nuts. As, lo- <laughs> so, as long as you got coffee, we're good. Yes. <laughs> I have the best Arabica beans. So, yo, Seattle's best. I'm, I'm, I'm all in there. Let's go. <laughs> the smoothest. DT, but we have 14 different Starbucks, full-service Starbucks on the Merneva. <laughs> I mean, there's eno- there had to have been enough. My bags are packed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, pretty, my God. Pretty much. And I think uh, now this would disappoint certain defenders of Destiny, but hey, what would that, I mean, because it would completely change up the story, but what, what are you going to do? You can't, can't, uh, can't please everybody. So hey, Make um, it far better than what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> Any improvement is an improvement. <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean that, that's that's basically, uh, and I'm sure we'll. I'm sure there's uh, other shows that people hopefully respond to us during uh, on the forum after they listen to the episode because we'd like to hear some of the ways that you want to improve some of these shows too. So I, I've got an honorable mention. Oh, honorable quick. mention. Okay. Um, Captain Henkin from Zeta Gundam. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'd make that happen between him and him Boy, and Emma. not be a dumbass oh, and, and, and blow my ship up. <laughs> Get- let, let, let me let me take my my vital capital ship mm-hmm. and let me let me run cover for one singular pilot who had about a space madness <laughs> <laughs> was already condemned to death anyway i would i would i would try to I, I would try to get some of that ammo before uh before the inevitable happened but i'm not blowing my ship over that <laughs> well actually uh, my honorable mention then if, if i'm gonna have one mm-hmm. is uh, captain bright noah and uh, uh mobile suit double zeta mm-hmm. uh i would have just at first light, when I was having to deal with a bunch of freaking unruly teenage kids again mm-hmm. on a mission to save the world or the Federation, I would have just went to the nearest Federation outpost, <laughs> got off the got off the Argama, <laughs> said I'm taking unpaid leave for an unspecified time, and go home to my wife and kids. <laughs> Finally, because. <laughs> because 
it's time for it's it's time for old bright uh, it's old time for daddy bright to take care of his kids and somebody instead of someone else's yeah if, so if he's gonna be a father he about to go home and do the fucking <laughs> yeah, do his exactly. job god dang <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna be a grown-ass man i can't do this anymore <laughs> Let these kids figure out whatever dumb crap they got to do, and I'm out the door. That that probably would have happened, I'd say, maybe episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> right before the Junker episode. <laughs> it's like, it's time to leave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, oh, jeez, that poor bastard. I mean... <laughs> He's been through enough. Once the chickens got on top of his head, that was it. That oh, was it. That was it. It's like, yo, it's the disgrace of the chickens on his head. <laughs> Time to hang it up, right? <laughs> hey, at least he got redeemed in uh, Shars Counter Attack. Shars Counter Attack and Gundam Unicorn, man. He came through. But it's like, he, he needed a break more than anyone. You see him in that series, you see him at the end, it's like, he's just so tired. <laughs> and then it's. it's <laughs> It comes to a point. It's like, is he the only? Is he the only Federation commander that survives anything? I mean, <laughs> he almost he almost suffers from the uh, the Star Trek Enterprise syndrome of mm-hmm. like, oh, you're the only ship in the quadrant, Enterprise. <laughs> you know, we're this big, huge, massive fleet, but you're the only one that oh. can save us. It almost seemed like the same thing. It's like there's all these ships and all this weaponry with the Federation, but somehow <laughs> La Nobel and the Nero Argama has got to show up. And <laughs> God, the God of mobile suits keeps putting the situation into his lap every couple of years. It's like, I'm done. I just need, I I need mean, some sleep. <laughs> Speaking of a man that just lives in continuous Groundhog Day, it's mm. like, wait a second. Uh, another freaking whiny teenage kid that... That's the only one that can pilot this super advanced prototype mobile suit. It's like, God, what did I do to piss you off? <laughs> exactly. Just blow up the ship. <laughs> and, then the, and then the ultimate irony is you made his kid a fuck up. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that would be my honorable mention. So any quick ones before we go, Soul Bro? No, we're, uh, I'm pretty much tapped out. Yeah, that's that's a good one. So uh, uh, thank you, Mr. Suspicious Red Lamp, for your submission. And, yeah, we definitely encourage people once they hear the, you know, put yours are up on the uh, uh, on the forum and on the Facebook group and stuff like that. I'll definitely be some good stuff there. So uh, we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. I'm David Kay, a.k.a. the voice of Professor X from that old series, X-Men Evolution. And you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Logan? Logan, where is Storm? Kill it a comfort tea. Everything that creates hate. Everything that helps make it grow. Alright everyone, this is Sil Bosby. And you've heard about... Judo! Judo... Judo Washington. Judo and the Junkyard Kids. Well, this fall on WSBR, they're going to be coming to your home. Uh. 
looking at? <laughs> You're being mean, Judo. Why won't you play with me? Judo is under my control. Join Judo as they go against all the wackiness with the Mashima and the Junkyard guy. And you learn a little things in the end. That's it. This fall, Judo and the Junkyard kids are WSBR for your DVR favorites. Judo, you just watch. I'm gonna get you this time. <laughs> hey, Garma. Do you read me? Blame this on the misfortune of your birth. What? Misfortune? That's right. Char, you're not saying that you were indeed a very good friend to me. Don't take it personally. You can thank your father for this. <laughs> Char, you... <laughs> you double-crossed me, Char! Walter, I love you, but sooner or later you're gonna have to face the fact you're a goddamn moron! Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You're listening to episode 149, where we uh, we definitely uh, talked about uh, two listener-submitted topics, um, both submitted by Arbiter Gundam and the Suspicious Red Lamp, which is at, who is actually here in Florida. I actually, um, as of this recording, I'm actually going to go see him tomorrow. So shout-outs to both of them, and, um, and many thanks to you guys' uh, submissions for that. Also, we had an interview with Vampy Bitme, uh, who you can follow on Twitter at Vampy Bitme. And uh, many thanks to uh, our friend uh, Eric, a.k.a. Crestborn, for being a part of this episode. Uh, he was a part of the uh, the first couple of segments. And uh, thanks to him for uh, taking time out to uh, to chat it up with us and be a part of uh, episode 149. But before we close this episode out, we know we got some work to do. We've got the mailbag to dive into. And that's exactly what we're going to with a few questions here. Um, for those who've been wanting to submit to the mailbag, uh, one of the best ways you can do that is to go to the MechaTalk forums. If you go to uh, mechatalk.net and you click on the Gundam forum, there's a thread there that says uh, uh, Gundam Mailbag. And if you go into that, you can go ahead and leave a post with your questions that will be read in this episode. Uh, also, you can take submissions through voicemail. And you can call this number, 305-792-8324. And make sure to specify that you're leaving a message or question for Gundam that's no longer than four minutes. Uh, try to pre-prepare pre, uh, it ahead of time so that way when you record the message, it's smooth and goes through easy and it makes it easy to produce and put into the show. And uh, many thanks for those who take the time out to do that too. But um, our first question is from Silver August and he writes... Originally, I was going to pose this theory that the Hopers and Dreamers corner was a devious plot constructed by Sobro in order to crush Chris and Neo's will, leaving them unable to resist when the robot invasion happens. <laughs> However, after witnessing the spectacular destruction of the Hopers and Dreamers corner, clearly that isn't the case. If anything, it's the opposite, minus the robot invaders. So here's another question aimed specifically at Neo. Mm. Is the question, sorry, is the film the Iron Giant, a robo-propaganda film designed to make humanity sympathize with the robots. That, and it gives the subtle reminder that even if you destroy them, they can and will repair themselves indefinitely. <laughs> Do the tomes make mention of this, or shall a new entry be made? Sir, what, what, what are your thoughts? Of course it's robo 
propaganda. Mm -hmm. I mean, and yeah, he was a self-repairing. He was a war machine, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Yes, he was. I I hadn't seen that movie in a long time. But yeah, it's it's definitely a movie to make you. um, And and it's the worst type because it's aimed at our children, the children. And uh, as it is part of the robot tomes we've seen these things before with the robots and their sneaky ways of trying to get their human sympathizers and uh, i will say that the iron giant is currently being under uh, review of the the triumvirate of five to uh, (laughs) see if it's inclusion into the tomes which makes no sense the triumvirate of five so it's a it's a council of three of five which whatever but uh yeah so we will we will definitely see if that will make its way to the tomes amazing a funny similarity between the iron giant and a very recent movie guardians of the galaxy is that both the iron giant and uh groot are played by vin diesel they say very little and they both share a similar fate And uh, and 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 an epilogue of sorts as well. So I kind of found that funny when I'm watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and I see the exact well, same thing. It's happened. left uh, it's left uncertain mm-hmm. what happened to the Iron Giant, right? Because yeah. the the army catches up with him and he just goes off, and then you see explosions in the background. I think that's how it ends, right? It, I, it ends with him, uh, the boy that befriended him, seeing that the Iron Giant is slowly putting himself back together. All the parts that exploded uh, yeah. are slowly coming back together on their own. And yeah. Pretty much that was part of his design. So, um, and, and and if anything, it's somewhat similar to uh, something that happens in Guardians of the Galaxy. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool that Vin Diesel, he plays characters of little words. <laughs> but yeah, man, well, at least... Uh, at least Garut doesn't take over uh, uh, computerized networks, and no, uh, he, he just next work with trees and and plants, which is which, uh, which is fine. Which is which is boarding into uh, the uh, that what's that movie with uh, <laughs> M Night Shyamalan's? Uh, oh God, uh, that's uh, oh, the oh, happening. There you go. God damn. God forbid it'll be pissed Groot off. <laughs> But it's not even. Can you can't even mention that movie? Yo, scary stuff. But uh, God. Silver August, thank you for your submission. And our last question is one from Furious Rodimus, and he writes: If the Gundam Build Fighters universe served as Valhalla for Gundam universes, who would you allow in, and which which characters would you deny? Are there any characters we have seen in cameos who did not deserve entrance into Gundam Valhalla? Oh man, oh, God, I know. that's like that's like half the that's like pretty much all of the characters of Gundam franchises. <laughs> I remember I remember seeing a ton of them in uh, in Build Fighter. So who would you allow in? Well, as much as this sounds silly, mm-hmm. you you need him because you kind of need somebody to play with and target practice. You got to let in Jared Mesa, the lovable yo, loser himself. Yo, Jared. <laughs> you you cut him a break from burning in hell. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's he's kind of that sparring partner that you need. He he thinks he's as good enough as the top tier fighters, but mm-hmm. he's just not there. But he's good enough to spar against every so often. Because uh, he he can challenge you up to a point, but then when you really put your mind to it, you just uh, take him out. So I, I I definitely think that that's uh, that's that's one person I would allow in. Well, you're in, I... you're in luck. Uh, him and Kakrakon both made it in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they they show up several times to get the asses handed to them. Capricorn's <laughs> more for the shooting range, I believe. Indeed, nail nail that big ass forehead of his. <laughs> But uh, any other any other characters that come to mind? Oh, I, I got quite a few. But go go ahead with uh, go ahead with yours. I would let most of them in. I would probably uh, focus more on for me who I wouldn't let in. Uh, Quest, and I saw that she made it, and that upset me. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's terrible. Terrible. Um, who else would I would I would I deny? Um, gosh, the uh, half the assholes from uh, Victory Gundam, most definitely. Oh God, those guys just can just burn. <laughs> Freaking dumbass Chronicle Asher oh. definitely does not deserve to be in Gundam Valhalla. Chronicle needs to just sit in um, sit in purgatory for the rest of his days oh, and ponder Jesus. how stupid he was throughout the course of that show. Oh my God, um, you gotta you gotta let Yazan in because you need oh, that yeah. flat out dick to keep people on their toes you need a hype man dude and that's that's the guy right there he's so hype <laughs> oh definitely would not let it go oh sorry. sorry top tier only oh what about what about your man's uh your man's cots man he made it in oh, but you know yeah. well he made it in the cameo but he uh I, I would definitely turn his ass out you just eject him <laughs> yeah hey sarah's over there boom <laughs> <laughs> man dumbass cots um God, I can't think of uh, too many characters I would keep out. I mean, most of them I would bring in. Like, most of them kind of have... Oh, Wufei. Deserve it. Oh, Wufei? <laughs> can't bring Wufei <laughs> Can't bring Wufei in. Knowing him, unfortunately, he probably lived to be an old man <laughs> in his actual universe before he... Well, he, he's he going to suffer from Worf Syndrome. Oh. You know, uh, I, I need to die the honorable death. Today, today a good day to die. <laughs> And Worf lives to be 125 years old. Good lord! It, it dies peacefully, peacefully in his sleep, <laughs> clutching that little that Klingon blade thing, that blade weapon that he uses. Be like, oh, the Batleth? Oh no! Just, just mumbling in his sleep. Today's a good day to die. See, the funny yeah. thing about Worf is that he's gonna die. He's gonna die surrounded by a loving family yeah, exactly. as an old ass man. He ain't ever gonna yeah. die. He ain't ever gonna die. The hardcore gangster where he wants to go yeah. out because he's, he's he wants it too bad he's gonna he's gonna go yeah, out exactly he's gonna go out in a retirement home <laughs> no it's, it's, it's two ways that dwarf dies he dies just peacefully in his sleep or he dies with friends and family surrounding him celebrating his life and oh you were you know pictures oh look at you grandpa wharf when you were like on the enterprise and then this is a picture of you on the when you commanded the defiant oh <laughs> I thought that day I was going to die. I remember this picture. Oh, no. <laughs> but it, and it was a good day to die. <laughs> but no, no, Grandpa, you didn't die. Is it, isn't that great? <laughs> no. <laughs> Poor Worf. The struggle continues. <laughs> I, I, a person I don't remember in any of the cameos that you got to have in Gundam Valhalla, because mm-hmm. he'd be one of the, pff, one of the gods of Valhalla, uh, Trace. Yes. Trays. Oh man, that guy! That guy gets his own. That, that guy with gets the, his own skybox. Him, him, and Zex. Got to have Zex too, man. Hell yeah! I, I know we give Zex crap because he's low. We call him low rent Char, but it's just in, it's really just because of his look more than anything. Exactly. The man was all right. Got to have. Got to have that reunion, man. Those dudes were too pimp to keep <laughs> to keep down. <laughs> Pretty much. I'd probably keep Relina out because I don't want her uh, talking about total pacifism all the time because Gundam Valhalla means there's going to be Gundam battles and the last thing we need is some Killjoy saying, do we really need to spend all this time and waste all this plasky particles and uh, fighting each other and models? Yes, we do because it's cool. (laughs) Stop being a Killjoy, Relina Peacecraft. But total pacifism. We shouldn't even be using <laughs> plastic Gundams to fight. Oh my god! You got it. Uh, and I, security. I think, <laughs> I, I think they were in. If I remember, I, there might have been a cam. There's so many cameos in this. Mm-hmm. Were the 
were the Frost Brothers cameos? Yes, yes, they made it. They yeah, made so it, they, yeah. yeah, so they definitely stay in because you need you need two dicks. <laughs> <laughs> what about Jamil? I can't remember Jamil being around. If he's not, then he needs to be in there too. I think he, I think he did show up. Um, I mean that episode with a shit ton of, of cameos. I know the Frost Brothers <laughs> were on stage uh, yeah. in their shot. I remember they were hosting shit, so they're not only in that universe, they running shit. <laughs> They're on television. So, uh, you know, they got a show, man, and they deserve it. <laughs> um, as for uh, Jamil, I like to think Jamil is there, man. If it he's got to be. He's got to yeah, be. That's, that's a smooth And, and I mean, you got to bring the whole Freedom crew. Mm-hmm. You got to, you know, uh, Tanya, Sarah, freaking kid, the damn, you know, the one of the only, uh, one of the only mecha- gun mechanics that actually survives the series. <laughs> <laughs> it took a kid to live. <laughs> hey, after after the battle, we'll have some pasta. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, sorry, Asinash. <laughs> and she wasn't going to make it back anyway. So. Oh, my God. Well, he, he went out there to join her. <laughs> and that brings a great question. What about Real Rock Guy? I know he's not oh. main character, but Real Rock Guy, you kind of need him in Gundam Valhalla Hell because yeah. he's kind of your jokester, right? You your, know what? Your court jester. I'll allow it, man. Real Rock Guy deserves... <laughs> He deserves the kudos that he has had coming for ages, man. He, why, he, why did he get his own spinoff series? <laughs> Real rock guy. <laughs> oh, my God. That guy, he's been the butt of so many jokes, man. <laughs> he deserves to be president in that universe. <laughs> Only for a short time because oh this was a real rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ooh, man. Well, I guess uh, as a good segue, we'll, we'll find uh, in what, a couple of months here or about what other cameos we can expect with the new Build Fighters show coming out. The sad so. part is we're going to see, probably see some cameos from Age. So, yeah. <laughs> and Double O then, too, because I don't yeah. remember season, Double O being season around. Season 2 of Double O, so that means we'll get to see Fats Goodman, man. I can't oh. wait. My man Fats, oh. bro. Dude, it's been too long. <laughs> That's good, man. Him I and the whole A-Laws crew, man. Holy oh, shit. Oh, God. He was such a classic character. And <laughs> Sergey's whack-ass son. I forget his name. It's not even worth remembering. <laughs> oh, uh, freaking uh, Andre. Andre, yeah. Please keep him out. Please don't, don't allow him into Gundam Valhalla. Don't do it, Sunrise. Is it Andre or? Um, it's Andre, Andre uh, Smirnoff. Yeah, Andre yeah. Smirnoff. Yeah. yeah. It's a man named after liquor. And, oh, then and we, maybe, we would have uh, we'd have the great white bear in there then. Yeah, yeah. But what uh, Sergey should have already been uh, eligible to be in the show because that was Double O season one. So um, yeah, average is better than season two. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean these are facts. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, yeah, Sergey made it. I recall seeing him in the crowd. So he made it in one particular shot. I think it was during the uh, the races uh, when they were doing the 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 the, the race around the track. Uh, he was in that episode. But yeah, uh, his dumbass son has yet to show and. I never do does. wonder this question. How many cameos of Say and Ragey do you think we have? Oh, my God. Cameos? They're probably going to be major players, man. We'll see. We'll see. Well, it's, a, it's a couple years after the facts. So. It is. Well, Say, he's still like the guy to beat in that universe, so I, I, he's going to make a show up. Yeah, he's like grand champion, isn't he? Yeah, so, and Ragey, I'm assuming and he'll eventually show up to challenge Say. So, are they going to do the, the passing of the torch like what was done at G Gundam? Oh, shit. <laughs> I so hope so. That would be amazing. (laughs) If they parody that, that'd be great. (laughs) Look, the ski, the east is burning red. 
there's already been pictures drawn of that shit. So I'm hoping that. Uh, oh, is there really? Yeah, the, I, the, oh, I'm hoping that comes true, man. Because uh, oh I, I can't imagine a build fighters without Reiji to some capacity. So I keep my fingers crossed. But yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, any other any other people before we uh, before we yeah. close this out? Well, uh, well, if anything, uh, thank you guys for your submissions. Uh, that last one was from. Uh, uh, sorry, that last one was from Furious Rodimus, and thank you for your, for all all the submissions for the uh, mailbag, and look forward to doing more next episode. Uh, before we close this episode out, I do want to uh, touch upon one thing that happened during the time we were gone. Um, even though episode one forty eight dropped after it happened, um, I did want to uh, uh, express my uh, condolences to the Williams family for the death of Robin Williams. Um, I've been a, I was a big fan of his when I was growing up. Uh, one of the first one of my first memories, one of the first TV shows i ever enjoyed watching was mork and mindy and i love that show i was a big fan of it one of my first movies that i really loved was popeye uh starring robin williams as well and i grew up watching a lot of his work and being a a, a, a fan of his and he made me laugh just to know that he was kind of a nerd like us also kind of touched me as well and um i i i basically just wanted to say rest in peace and you touched a lot of lives man uh even though uh, i know that the way you went out was a controversial to some degree uh, i hope people look upon it as something that will inspire them to to seek help if they are depressed or dealing with depression and that's the major thing here if you know someone that's dealing with depression be that be that be that person that they can reach out to and and be a rock for them to depend on because it's it's tough dealing with that and it's it's no easy task to be able to manage something like that especially if it's clinically diagnosed but um that's what i wanted to say um and uh and neo any any other uh anything else you wanted to say before we wrap this up keep it real keep it in the field all right (laughs) that's what's up that's what's up. But uh, when you have time, check out these websites. Head on over to where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the Pedal Bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube and YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station 
and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for episode 149 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. Domon, we have to think about poor Gina. That's got nothing to do with me. Domon? Corlander! Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Machine 2. The hot tub doesn't take you where you want to go. It takes you where you need to go. Patriot Lou. You guys gotta come with me. Why? We gotta make America happen, bro. No, you're not gonna be super welcome there, but we should totally go. Ah!